friends, this is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. Each week, we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes that we get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice, we are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now with that being said, it's time. So grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Be Real Babe podcast. I'm your host, Brandy. Here with me today, I have my beautiful co-host, Kayla. Hey, babe. Hey, girl. And we're on episode 58, you guys, our final one talking about restriction, lockdown, and mandates. Um, And this one is small business, big restrictions, because small businesses here in Canada in the last two years have taken a massive hit. Um, And we should talk about it because um, these people have put their blood, sweat, and soul into these small businesses, and they've just gotten fucked around left, right, and center, and it's bullshit. Literally bulldozed. They are. And like, and then too, it's just what I think pissed most people off too, is because you got these big ass stores operating like nothing. With 900 people in them. Yeah. And you can't have a small business. Well, I mean, now that things are open, but I mean, back and forth and now having to put all these things in place, um, which are proving aren't working or slowing the spread, but yet they're still being forced to. And like having the Vax passes with BC being like the only fucking province not dropping it literally and it, that puts a strain on regardless like I know some people are like oh whatever it's just 10% of people that still puts a big strain because like what if that some of that 10% are dating some you know vaccinated people and then they can't go out you know it's it's more than just 10% of people are getting affected by by all yeah. this it's ridiculous and I think Ontario I would say probably was the worst for for a small business and Alberta. closures yeah yeah they did. I, I don't feel know like about here. Yeah, I think it was probably better here because I don't know, but I feel like we shut down here for like I don't know, it was like a month or something, and everyone was shut down. Just essentials were open, grocery, blah blah blah, and then they opened it back up, and but they've never, I don't think they've ever shut anything down after that in BC. They've kept it open or they've put like the pass in place, but I don't think they've shut people down or like um, extra other precautions like limiting capacity and blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah, um, and then but then fuck now now it's like BC is the worst. It's like how, why are we getting punished here? I don't understand this. I was in fucking Bed Bath and Beyond yesterday, and there's two tills open, and the one register has a little sign that says, "This till is closed to pre- to help prevent the spread of COVID nineteen." And I literally turned and looked behind. There was a train of twenty people standing in this cattle style like walk up and I looked at my boyfriend and I looked at my kid and I said it blows my mind there's only two tails open they can't be beside each other but yet there's 500 people in this fucking store like yeah, I don't like, get it I don't get it either same with like airports it's like in airplanes it's like you know and you can whatever it just it doesn't it's just there's no logic it's not, make, it's not making logical sense and you know even when people are asking for the data to prove you know and 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 you've they've gone on record saying that you know the passports we know they don't stop transmission they're an incentive and it's like it's really shitty when you hear that because you're like 
I don't want to be an incentive. Like, I just want to go back to normal life. And like, I feel very blessed that, you know, the past is on things like, you know, not everything, but in the same sense, like I miss going out to the restaurant. I miss being able to go out to the movies if we want to or do any activities. Like we can't do any activities right now because it's fucking cold out. And so we can't be outside. And then we're not allowed to be at, 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 in beds inside. And, and this is all for people's health. I just don't understand that if you have your, you know, what you feel you need safe, whether that's the vax or social distance or mask, like everyone has everything at their disposal. Like, why can't we just go back to normal? Like and let people decide. Um. Yeah, that's a that's a really big one. It seems to me that our oh well, not our leader. I'm not. I don't identify him as my leader. Uh, but yeah, right. You know, the man who is in sort of control of our country right now is so delusional, and I just can't get over how he literally can't talk to anybody, and his all he says is get vaccinated. <laughs> Yeah, it says answer for everything. And I just don't think that's okay. So how does that help your mental health? Like, I don't understand that. Like, yeah, okay, sure. If I go get it, like, is that going to help my anxiety? Probably not. Nope. And I mean, yeah, it's just super weird. And I remember that like in the very beginning, like we, yeah, we, we, I think it was like a four month period that most things were shut down. Yeah. And then we had like the, all the essentials and Again, I don't know. Did we ever? Oh, this is no totally off topic. So I won't even. I'm not even going to interject that here. But um, I just remember thinking, like, this is wild, and seeing stores that were downtown Victoria boarded up their windows and shut business because they could not recover from all the times that they had to jump through all those hoops. And it's like that's not fair. That's not right for it, it to shift that way. Like we we're going backwards yeah well and that's I mean well I mean that that yeah I just I feel like as adults and people that are capable of making their own decisions and doing their own things I get the first couple months whatever the first six months like we've said but then after it should have been up to the business owners and the patrons to decide where they want to go if they don't feel safe because of the way that a business decides to run their protocols and their safety things. And they just don't go there. They do the other options like pick up curbside or do all that. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how it was like certain things are deemed essential and some weren't like you could go. I remember at one point, I think you could go, I think it was maybe in Quebec and it's like, you could go to let's say Walmart and you can get food, but you couldn't get clothes. Yeah. There was like the entertainment wasn't... section and everything yeah. was all blocked off. It was, I think it was like that here. I seen where the frick was it? I want to say, one of the it was either the Walmart Supercenter and or the one in Langford, but that they, they had it caution taped off. You were not allowed to go and get clothes, fitness equipment, televisions, any kind of entertainment, anything. It was just food. And that to me, I just don't understand. Like what we're living is- in this time. And it's like we what so why can't we buy technology? Like what do you what? Yeah. Well, and like just stuff that and like fitness equipment and stuff was like I don't know. And then I, and on top of that, the small businesses did not get any sort of like help. I think there was like certain like small grants and stuff. Um, not too sure, but I don't remember hearing anybody being like, Oh, thank you so much for this help. Like most businesses, like you said, were boarding up, they couldn't make it or they had to switch completely what they were doing because how they were doing things, they weren't able to survive even with just 10% of 
patrons leaving like things are expensive now too so less and less people I feel like we're going out as it was because everything costs so much and then on top of that you're going to take a big chunk out of society that can't go places and like how are businesses supposed to survive when they don't have help they don't have support and they're just being thrown left right and center like service industry was one of the worst restaurants open close open close like all the extra stuff that they have to do all the I'm sure bitchy people that were out there like you know, that's the one thing everyone I wish would get better at is not getting mad at businesses for just doing what they have to. I mean, I, it sucks and I'm pissed off, but I don't want to take that out on a small business. That wasn't their decision. Yeah, it's kind of been very overhanded by the government in that way. Like, um, I just remember when uh, we went to the it was September of this year when we went into the Vax Pass chaos storm of that. Um, I remember. Alberta was very different and uh, there was a restaurant or a cafe, um, Jeffrey's Cafe. Yes. And they were offering rapid testing as a means to be able to come in. And some people were like mad about it and other people were this or that or whatever. But it was like that was their way of being able to still serve as many people as they could without, you know, all the extra shit. So and then we just got highly fucked over here because we had none of that like bc had none of the rapid testing to be it because as far as i know you could rapid test to go and be in public in alberta exactly yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely you could there's one or the other because we were going to go to a concert obviously um it's supposed to be happening march um i don't know if it's going to go through um but i would imagine but yeah it got pushed so many times and but every time it just the last time it said that they were going to have that to show up a certain time to pay for their, for the test or whatever. And they were going to provide all of that there. Um, but now that that's gone, I don't think, but like, again, same. Why, why was BC not allowed to have that? Like, you know, that was expensive. I know a lot of people in Alberta that paid for it like every week because of work or whatever, but it wasn't even an option. Why isn't it an option? Isn't that the most guaranteed, supposedly one of those guaranteed ways to know that you're not going to be spreading it is to test to see if you are, even though, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, but then don't, then here we're assuming then that it's not, it is trans, it's not transmissible between people that have got, you know, the vax, which we know is not true. Um, and to say like, so we still can't go out, even though it's proven, like, you know, why couldn't they have changed that to be like, oh, or a test, you know, because we're yeah. seeing that, you know, whether you're vaxxed or not, it's transmissible. So that part is just like, it's like, then it, and then it feels like a personal attack. Like, yeah, how it being anything other than that than attacking people who don't want to get it and I just don't understand why that matters still not that that's what this episode's about but it's just it's frustrating because you look at these small businesses and these small restaurants and you want to support them but you can't right it's like okay I want to but I can't uh even skip the dish yeah I'm sure I can skip the dish but you're gonna mo- lose out even probably more money on that it, yeah I think so too and it's like even even like some places like I'll share like a couple places where I'm just like to my vaccinated friends, I'm like, can you go like fucking support this place for me? Yeah. Like in spirit Please. of me. Because yes. I mean, I I want to, but like as our overlords have said, that I am not allowed. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to, but uh and, and then and too, like I I we would I think agree that all this stuff would be okay if you know there was some data showing some of this stuff, you know, like I and energy, uh, you know, having to be court ordered to shut down after they've worked so hard um, to, you know, not segregate people. It's just wild 
that again there it just always seems like everything is a flex these days like it's just like a flex of power and it's like why does it have to be this way like why yeah. you know if people don't feel comfortable going places then they don't if they do they do if they if everything's available to make you feel good then use those things at your discretion but I just don't think it's fair for businesses to have to be enforcing this stuff anymore, especially when there's no data backing anything up. You know? And then, yeah, the fact that we're waiting on data, like Interior Health hasn't provided anything to back up their claim that Iron Energy is, what did A they say? Uh, putting public health at risk. Yes, which I think is the opposite to and, and, and what I feel like health. They chopped them at their knees and said... <laughs> here's your court order. You have to be here at this time. And that like they giving them no time to be prepared, no time to gather and still didn't provide them any data proving that they are a danger to public health. Yeah. They just want to play this. Like this, it's a power this struggle. It's a hundred percent. It is. And it's so sad. And it's like, and, and I don't know why, do you notice that people, you know, they're not really talking about case numbers anymore. Do you notice that? Nope. I'm not really talking about that kind of stuff anymore, even though these restrictions are still here. This is what I just don't get. And, you know, who, who knows what it's going to be. But I think at the end of the day is that like small businesses struggle as it is uh, in a day to day world, struggling to go against people like Amazon and Walmarts and the Costco's and all that stuff, you know. Um, and then on top of that, this all happens with zero support. It's I just think I just feel for those because like I said, usually if you're a small business owner, whatever you're doing, it's your dream. It's your passion. And the fact that, you know, it's been such a rough two years and the government just continues to just like make people. Yeah. And it's just, it's just sad. And it just, I don't know what enough is enough. How many businesses have to board up before they just let everyone decide what they need to do for their own business and their patrons will decide, you know, Exactly. It's It's just weird. I, yeah, I'd like to move into that, that space as well, where we start giving the the people back their, their say and like, and that, I mean, honestly, everybody, please just listen to when I say this, I have no qualm at all. Neither does Brandy. We have no qualms at all, but it is quite atrocious that being in our position that we are, we're trying to be open-minded and compassionate but there's like a lot, a lot of that coming back towards the people that didn't choose the same medical treatment as other people. So it's yeah. like, why? Why do you yeah. care? And if you do, then continue to do those things that you're being told to do. But hi, don't police me and shit on me because I don't want to do it anymore. If you want to play, yeah. play it, you want to keep going along, that is so fine. If it yes. makes you feel better, I will not be an asshole about that. I will not be an asshole and talk shit about masks. I'll not be an asshole and talk shit about COVID, I will not be an asshole. I'll be understanding because that's what I want back. So, you know, like, why? Yeah, that's where, and I think that's where we've been from the beginning. And it's, it's just so crazy how everything gets looped. It's just because you're like, you know, hesitant. Then people have these whole ideas of like, oh my God, you must be this, that, the other. Everyone thinks I'm fucking crazy. (laughs) Ah, well mean both of us <laughs> forever and I'm okay with that I'd rather be loud and crazy and who I am or ask questions and be messy with it than just pretend that some of these things don't exist or they don't aren't important anymore right well and just quiet and go along with the crowd like silence well, will never save you no and it's 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 really just like oppressing people even like yeah I don't know I just I don't I think if we just keep talking about coming back to we're all adults and we can all make our own decisions I think we can just 
move on. Like we have we're in beginning of time and unless someone's really hurting someone, like whatever they're doing is their business. And that's like with everything that we talk about, right? It's not just about this stuff. And I just, yeah, I just wish that I wish it was easier too to support small businesses too. Cause like, you know, it's, it is so much easier sometimes just to order off of Amazon or while you're in the grocery store, you grab something, that, oh. you, know, you, could, you know, it's, it's really hard uh, in that sense, but uh, we need to, because not everyone wants to work corporate. Not everyone wants to do that, you know? So. All right. Sorry. Right. That's my bad guys. I have a, I have a house full of boys. I apologize. <laughs> yeah i just hopefully we're on our way out hopefully there's no more closures um but we still need to do our best to um support small businesses and there's ways to do that that you don't just have to get services you know like tagging them on social media sharing mm-hmm. that their posts, liking their, their stuff friends, liking their stuff right making saving sure- it yeah, saving it, like doing stuff on social media, like even or even just checking in with them and being like, hey, what can I do specifically for you to help your small business? Like, I know sometimes I get fangirling. I'm like, is this annoying? I'm tagging people nonstop. But I know <laughs> as a small business owner that that's free advertisement for them, right? So yeah, I have to practice more when I preach by more shopping local. But I think the supply issues also show um, that that's important as well, right? because when push comes to shove, your local people are the people that you're going to need when things, when shit hits the fan. Yep. And shit is always going to hit the fan if you pay attention to the MS. <laughs> yeah, fucking never stops. Um, but yeah, so we have two guests that are going to be coming on uh, to tell us what it's like to have a small business through this. I think Alberta was one of the worst. Like It was open, close, open, close, open, close. This industry could open this industry could close okay we're open oh but liquor sales starts at stops at 11 like mm-hmm. I don't I kind of gave up photography when I moved here but I couldn't imagine that that was easier you know people were being very inventive and I love to see how these businesses that were services like tattoo artists were you know making calendars and coloring books and but it shouldn't have never had to have been like that you should have been able to decide at your own discretion what services you used based on what you felt safe um, as your need it shouldn't have been the government's decision and now some people have lost their dream entirely or are barely holding on and it's sad it is really sad or there's people and this is a little trigger warning for anyone that might take this the wrong way but there's people who actually haven't made it out of this yes Hundred percent. That could not mentally withstand the bullshit and bulldozing and back and forth and up and down and, and business clothes and not business clothes. Do I have to take this injection that could all possibly alter my life forever? Like there were people that's mental capacity could not maintain that, and they are gone now. So. That has to be a part of it too. We have to stop talking about this. Like, oh well, it's it's everybody else's responsibility to make me feel safe. No. No. It's not what we can be compassionate and understanding towards one another, but it's not anyone else's responsibility to make you feel safe. No, absolutely. And, and, and everyone's version of what safety is, is going to be different. different. How how could you possibly even like fill that cup? You know, Um, I'm not going to come at you and like do stuff. There's basic stuff. Absolutely. But there's got to be a level of personal responsibility when it comes to, you know, what you're doing, to make sure that you're safe if that's something that worries you you know what I mean like I don't know I just I really hope that all of this craziness 
well, there'll be that balance, right? Where we're just going to get a lot of more unity and understanding and coming back to everyone's experiences valid in their own ways. And everyone went through something different and we just have to be empathetic and show grace and, and support one each other because at the end that's how we're going to get through this is all together. And I don't think everybody wants to have the same opinions or the same life. That would be so fucking boring. Um, but we can respect each other's choices. Right. So, um, and I think it's fair to say there was a huge shift in wealth, you know, the richer got way richer and the poor got more poor or the middle-class got wiped down and there's again, no support for it. Not enough. And I just, I just wish that, you know, I wish it wasn't this way. Yeah, like it would be, I'd be less likely to be pissed off at them if they were just offering some sort of support, some more, some mental health work or like, you know, your business is shutting down. Um, here's, you know, why didn't they have the same kind of access to serve type stuff, right? Like, I know a lot of people, especially let's say, let's say a massage therapist that couldn't work, um, that didn't work for a clinic, they worked for themselves. Well, there's their own business owner, so they're not getting served, but they can't work. No, right? It's like, oh, uh, there was so many little weird loopholes because there's, um, let, I'm just going to talk about my uh, future father-in-law here. He was a new business owner almost uh, 2019. So I don't think that he would have qualified for any type of grant at all in this as a new business owner because of how sh- the time frame of when he started his business. And so I remember that. I remember he... Uh, laid a bunch of us off for I think a month maybe or possibly more and I took it openly I was like honestly I'll I'll take a layoff like I don't yeah. want you to be stressed about trying to figure out where to put where work safety blah 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 this is when I was still working because I worked from I worked through the whole thing when it all started in March 2020 or whatever February March and fucking well technically November 2019 <laughs> if we're being real but uh, <laughs> um, I worked through the whole thing and I remember every day being like I feel so guilty that I am working and there are other people that aren't working. I remember feeling so fucking guilty about it. It was like, I just was waiting to get attacked and screamed at for having a job and being able to keep it. And yeah, I remember him. Yeah. He, I asked him, I said, so like, why can't you take any time? And he's like, cause I don't qualify for any government funding because of how long I've had my business open for. And that was a very real thing for a lot of people. And like, yep. right from the very beginning, after that four month closure, could not reopen. Yeah. So you have to think about overhead, like cost and overhead. Like some people really don't truly grasp what it means to have a business. And that yeah. really shows. Well, absolutely. And too, like, and everyone just like trying to be kind to business, you know, like I know it's easy to be pissed off, especially for those that like, decided to go ahead with certain restrictions that we don't maybe love but at the end of the day like how would you feel if it was your business your family your life on the line you know you're just it's bullshit you could still you could still do those things and still find other ways to accommodate customers too right like we Mm -hmm. I don't know I know a lot of people are like I am never going to be stepping in foot for anybody that did that and it's like unless they were outwardly vicious like die or I hope you I I just don't want to operate that way because I agree I just don't think that that's going to get us anywhere further. I think businesses did what they had to do. We all made it, you know, even like everywhere else gets to go back to do those things. Um, I just, I don't think that's the path forward for me. That's, I feel like that's very old type thinking and, and I get it for sure. Uh, But 
unless we're in someone's shoes, we really don't know. Right. And so who knows that there, maybe that company was already going to go bankrupt for that restaurant and even having some patrons other than none saved that whole family, you know, like, I just mm-hmm. don't know. I'm, it's frustrating and I'm pissed off because I wish that it never had to happen, but I don't think fighting each other is going to make that better. I think coming together and being like, Hey, next time that happens, let's figure out a way that we can all enjoy your services or whatever. Right. Like people are going to mm-hmm. die from not going into a restaurant. Like, come on guys. No, <laughs> I think it's more important that the family survived and they took care of what they needed to and got and, let, and had their business throughout this. than you know, me having to go to a restaurant, even if it pisses me off, I'm still going to support them when it comes around to it. Now, if they were outwardly like, die because you have a different choice or they're you know then fuck them for sure but yeah you know, no shit you know, i don't know i just i i, I agree was like way. i re- sorry you keep going i was just say i was that way and then it was just like as of lately i was just like you know what i really can't say fuck all because i don't know what it's like to be in their shoes and if i want people to back off and let me have my own opinion choose my own life then i should respect that of other people's and i'm not going to penalize them because of it I love that. I love that you just said that because you and I shift in the same ways. Because I, I mean, have the first, same. I was, like, I was like, fuck Walmart, fuck this place, fuck that place, fuck the keg, fuck them all, like, fuck you. I even said to my boyfriend the other day, if I ever get to set foot in a restaurant again, I'm not tipping. And then I'm like, whoa, that wasn't, where did that come from? Why would you right? not? I said, actually, I will tip them personally cash i will slip it into their pocket you get this don't give this to anybody else this is for you and your service yeah yeah but then i had to come back and shift and go okay i am not gonna just boycott my whole city after sitting here being ostracized from it like yeah i would i will gladly go back and be a part of it all but like i just you know it's there'll be some places that i will continue to boycott like walmart (laughs) People are absolutely, and there's certain places, definitely. And that, like I said, there are some places that made it very like, and they have every right to be that way. But you know, if, if you're going to be aggressive in a sense, then you know that's going to leave a bitter taste in my mouth. But for the people that are mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry, like this is the only way I could, you know, keep my employees. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I'm coming from a place like you said too, where we just don't know and I would rather just get back to being Canadian and and doing these things and holding on to grudges and resentment is not good for anybody um, in any way. So I really hope that, you know, other people see that as well. Um, And if there was a company that was being like terrible, call them out on it. Be like, Hey, this was, you know, at this time you were being really shitty. Like, you know, maybe you could release an apology. Um, if, if you're being me and not saying for what you had to do, but you know what I mean? I don't know. Having some yeah. accountability, but I think we should be smart supporting everyone regardless right now. And if you can still order from skip the dish, you can still order for pickup. Like there's still regular everyday Canadians working there trying to make a living too. So it's I not tip really my sticking sk- it to the man. You're sticking it to your fellow Canadians that are exactly to survive as well. And I just don't think that's fair either. I pay my, I tip my skip drivers like ridiculous because especially in the beginning, because I was like, fuck these mofos, like, I don't know, maybe they lost their job because they didn't take the jab and that's what they had to go and do. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, I don't know. I got, I kind of grasped this mindset um, during this period of time. Like if I have a little extra, I'm going to give it back. Yeah, totally. And I think in my community. Yeah, the best that we can. And like, let's work together to get out of this. 
let's not perpetuate it, make it worse, like create more divide where we just, we've had enough of this. So let's just all come together and all support each other in our dreams. And uh, yeah, should we jump over to our guests and see what it was actually like to run a business through this? I would love to. Okay, babes, we're going to jump on to our first guest. I'm so excited because this is her second time on the show. And the first one was so amazing, so inspiring and motivating. The next one, I know she's going to bring so much more fire. So without further ado, our first guest of the show, Bella. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Excited to be on the show again. I love your show. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I was so excited as soon as we came up with this topic. And it's not that I, again, uh, because I, we all know I create from afar, um, but I'd known that um, I didn't know exactly what was going on through the pandemic, but I had seen some, you know, things that had been happening about the business. And I know you've been, uh, you're just so, uh, such a go-getter and doing so many things. Sometimes it's hard for me to keep up, but I know there was some things. And I was like, hey, Bella has had a business through this. We need to bring her on and figure it out. And I just love how every time I ask you, you're like, yes, I'm in. And I'm so excited. It just, it makes me more excited. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we get started into the show, everyone, um, if you haven't heard of uh, Bella's first episode, she came on episode 48. It was about breast implant illness, sharing her experiences with that it was amazingly well reviewed, uh, reviewed, no, received. Um, and it really inspired me to jump into more of these type of topics and really finding out what's going on. Um, so can you explain, Bella, just a little bit more about yourself before we jump into the topic at hand today? Yes. Um, so I actually own two businesses. Uh, one is called the Warrior Mindset Program. So I do mindset coaching with women. Sorry, my voice is off. <laughs> um, uh, business empowerment. And then I also own a hair salon um, where we specialize in extensions. We also do spray tans and a lot of other beauty services cut in color. And we've been open since 2017. Oh, 2017. That's amazing. And then uh, she's also um, a badass babe, which we didn't talk. We talked before your competition, I believe. Right. That was your. Yes. (laughs) Ah, And then what happened after Miss? Uh, After my competition? No, during your competition. Oh, so I placed first and fifth in Canada for my show. (laughs) <laughs> so excited for you oh, oh thank you it was so great especially because just talking to you about you know the before how you'd gone through all the things that you had with uh, BII and that was your first comp after all of that right yes it was incredible and it's my first national event ever <laughs> and it was just I think it was just for all of us that have been cheering you on for so long it's just such a moment of pride for you because you can just tell how much you love the sport and that's what I think um really is a testament to your business too right because you're in it you're in it you've lived it you're a hype girl um especially like all like both businesses and so I think it just all ties well so to just watch you like come up from that and just shine across the stage and just be so positive through all of it uh was just it was really great to see I'm not I'm that I know I'm such a weird fangirl that way but (laughs) I think a lot of people could relate to that for you no thanks babe it was a super big moment for me and uh, my family was actually able to come watch me for the first time ever at an event so it was very emotional for me <laughs> I can imagine it was so great too and you just like I mean you just beam and I think that relays in your work too like um you're always seeing posts and everyone shout outs so I, mean, I, I wish I was there so you could help me with my lack of hair um but <laughs> I, I think through all of it the most is just and this is why we connect so well is because you're just so real with it too right because you're like hey this is you know, this is all the happiness that I have, but hey, this has been the hardship that I've gone through. Um, and especially 
with your businesses? So starting with that, can you, you, you said you started in 2017. What was life like with your business before the pandemic? And then can you kind of walk us through what it was like as, as years progressed? Oh my God, years. Yeah, years. It's crazy <laughs> when you think about it. Hey, so, yeah. um, so in 2017, um, I came alongside another woman who I really looked up to. She was one of the best extensionists in Alberta. And she asked me to apprentice under her. Um, at the time, she was just running a home business. So we went into that together. Um, and then eventually, after about nine months, realized that we were way too big. And we went to go rent part of the salon. Um, in 2019, our salon burnt to the ground from arson. Uh, it wasn't us, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, and we, we didn't have any insurance. We were just learning how to run businesses. We were coming from a home business. So unfortunately, there was a lot of um, profit loss and product loss in that. And we were able to kind of turn it around, move to a salon in downtown Calgary, um, make up for the loss. She ended up realizing that she wanted to start kind of a different brand of business. So we actually split off amicably and I took over what is now called Weave Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in 2019 to 2020, expanded to the point where I had staff, went into a bigger location, and I went into the 2020 year, um, I don't usually talk about money, but I was making just over 220000 for my own salary wow. uh, going into the pandemic. And I come from nothing. My family is, a, you know, a pretty minimalist family, and we haven't had a lot or ever really had a lot. So it was a really, really big moment for me to be able to hit yeah, that and totally. be able to help women, um, like to hire women and help them as well. And show them that that's possible. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So then um, 2020, uh, you were still in the same running all the women. And then how was it for like restrictions and mandates for you guys? Because I know in BC, it was a lot different. Um where it's like we kind of had our first lockdown and it shut everyone down for a period of time, but then it opened back up and it didn't really seem to do much for uh, services, personal services. Was that, I don't believe that was the same in Alberta though. Were they quite open and closed with your guys' industry? Is that correct? Yes. So personal service other than restaurants was hit the hardest. Yeah. Um, In total, my salon was closed for six months out of the 12 month period. Jesus. Um, and I had to, at one point, to buy food, drive around in my car, and get my clients to leave their extensions in their mailboxes so that I could sew clips on them for, for $20. Um, sorry, I got getting emotional. No, that's um, totally fair. I lost everything, and <clears throat> the worst part was the government was on the TV talking about how they were giving us so much support. And almost every single business owner that I know was applying for all of these subsidies and no one was being approved for them. They made the approval process and the prereqs for it so difficult that I don't even know one person that received both of them. No, I don't think so. And and two, is it's even harder if you're a personal business because then you couldn't apply for CERB, right? I don't think. Yeah, so what happened actually was I did apply for CERB, um, but the stipulations for CERB were that you could not make over $1,000 income 
going into your bank account. And if they saw that you made over a thousand, you didn't qualify. So $2,000 was not enough money for me to pay my salon rent, nor my home and all my other basic necessities, of course. So like I said, I, I tried really hard. I made videos on Instagram to try and teach my clients' husbands how to tighten their own extensions <laughs> so my client's hair wouldn't be damaged. <laughs> you did. You're so sweet. Uh, I, I remember watching the videos of the hair drop off and I just thought, you know what, as much as that was hard, it's just you're so proud of your friends that are like, just adapt. Not that that was that you should have had to do that. <laughs> but it's just like, it was amazing to see, like, the creativity that came from those that were truly trying to help their clients or members or whatever it was. And I was just like, that woman, she is not going to let girls feel or be left at home without feeling amazing or, you know, have some way to connect to them. So that, you know, as sad as it is that we ha- that we had to do that, I'm so proud of everyone for really trying to do the shift and find the positive and still trying to connect and be there, even like put fucking food on your table. Like yeah. that's wild to me. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was pretty hard. Thank, thank you. And I think the sad part was, um, so there were two months where selling the clip-ins um, and masks. I ended up starting a sparkle mask line. <laughs> I um, I made $1,001 one month and $1,003 the other month. The government determined that I was $1 and $3 over the minimum rate, and I had to pay back the SERB with interest <sighs> and a penalty. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I've heard that, that, that will not, you just never know anymore what, um, yeah. but I had heard that they were going to be looking at taking money back from people from, Sir, um, and yeah. I didn't, I hadn't heard that, but yeah, that's in fact confirmed true. Hey, that's fucked up. Wow. And I mean, like one thing, if it was like thousands of dollars, okay, I could kind of understand there's shitty people in the world that definitely take, take advantage of, of that. Um, but one and three dollars is definitely not that. Um, and the fact that then the fact that they charge you interest for something like that, like, it's not like you're a a repeat offender. It's not like you're a criminal, like, no, (laughs) the way this is all being survive. Yes. And, and you have every right to do so. And it's not like, and again, it's not like anybody is doing anything wrong here. Like, it's not like people's businesses are being closed down because they're not paying taxes or they're being criminals or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's just, again, I understand the, the, the reasons at the beginning, but to offer no support or, you know, to be so rigid in, in that not understanding like how where inflation is right now is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, the prices that we're paying yeah, for stuff, there's no way that $2,000 a month is survivable anywhere in Canada right now. No, exactly. And and it was pretty crazy to see them lower that amount the second year. So, <laughs> And then too, yeah. the, and, but let's just, you know, it should be this way, but let's put millions of dollars into another election or the passport system or, you know, any of the things instead of actually helping people and I think the biggest thing that's missing is with people's mental health because on top of that were you given so you're barely not given very much support was there any support for your mental health or as a business what you could do to support yourself in any way from the government it was just like uh shut down by I was just shut down by and mm-hmm. at the time we were working in uh, what's called a salon community so we were at a place called citizen it's basically a bunch of micro salons that are all put together 
So all of the women that were working in that building, we all knew each other very well and we were all uh, independently run locations. And when we came back from that first lockdown, there are 17 salons in the building. 11 of them had lost their businesses. Um, and I remember walking into the salon oh, and I just cried for those women. It was so hard. Absolutely. Because you, you knew I that. I actually felt guilty. Yeah. Well, of course. It's like one of those uh, winner's remorses kind of things, you know, where it's like. Yeah. You just feel for them because it could have been anybody and out of, and you guys are like a little community. You want to see each other win and thrive. You don't want to be seeing half of them hurting. And, and I'm sure a lot of them had worked their whole entire lives for that or had families to take care of. Like there is just yeah. like, I mean, the ripple of ripple effect of what these lockdowns, restrictions and mandates have done. I don't know if anybody really understood the magnitude of what it would, what it is now. Cause there's still businesses shutting down because they can't keep up with it. You know, some provinces are different and, you know, they've been a bit better, but there's some that, you know, they just can't, they're, they can't afford, they couldn't afford it as it is. And then yeah. the last two years on top of losing half the customer, not half, but you know, it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's just my biggest, I understand that there's for certain reasons, but then why is it any, support for businesses not even just financially just mentally like how do you you know there's there's just nothing I don't know I don't know how to explain it I just feel frustrated there's absolutely there isn't no help yeah yeah so during the um the the second and third lockdowns here the full circuit breaker lockdowns in Alberta um I actually did something crazy (laughs) and I pulled all of my savings and I went to school to become a life coach and the reason why I did that, which is when I opened Warrior Mindset Coaching, um, was because of that lack of support. So I specifically went to school with a woman and got certified in a course that deals with mental health for women business owners, specifically beauty owners. That's so very right. specialized um, because there was such a lack of support. And that's actually why I went to school is because... Um, during, oh, I don't know why I'm so emotional with this, but well, I actually a had a couple, a couple clients took their lives. Oh my gosh! Um, during that period, so sorry. And, uh, just knowing that they didn't have anyone or anything, they were just forced into it. It's just terrible. It is, and and that's where I'm saying there's so many other. Um, repercussions to what happened I don't think people really really understood and if it was like hey we're going to do this but everyone's mental health is going to be lower you know here are some ways that you can improve that and and it's, I'm not saying that and all of that can just be cured with sunlight and movement and any of that I'm not saying that you know there's some stuff that are deeper but there's no extra resources put into you know therapists like why aren't we trying to get more or you know same thing like um, mindset coaching mental health even just having someone to talk to sometimes you know you don't even need a professional with six degrees sometimes you just need someone to listen and be like hey it's okay you're allowed to feel this way you know and and sometimes you just need to vent it off and and that you know that's what coaches and that's what you know friends and family are supposed to be for but when we're so separated and segregated and you know can't travel or can't go here things you know it gets so much harder and you get out of touch with reality and then you're trapped in your house and it's just it's so sad it's a, it's a credible way for you as well though to see a need 
um, in the community where you can help and, and do that. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Your heart's always so huge. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and it's another way too, that um, you can take back another power where it's like, okay, if let's hope we're done this, but if another lockdown comes down, you have another stream, another avenue, another way you can help, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's finding another way to, I know for you, it's helping people with the financial, obviously you need money to eat and live a life, but that's not what you're in it for. Um, you're, yeah. you're in it and you're in this world to make it a better place. And I know if you don't have an avenue to, you're like me and you like get pent up and you just can't, you're like, no, I got to help someone. Yeah. So that's amazing. Amazing for you to do that. And I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I don't think people really realize too, how much those other rates of things of addiction and, and suicide and all that has gone up. Like, I even said for myself, there's thoughts, pretty dark thoughts I've never had in my entire life, but I've had over these last two years. Yeah. Very unexpected. The and, of the soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just don't know what to do with it either. Cause you're like, Oh wow. Where'd that come from? You know? Yeah, and exactly. it would just, it's, it's so great that we can fall back on a, our community and our family and friends for that support and, you know, coaches and whatnot, but like, it should be really also coming from the top down. And it really way. should. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's unreasonable when, it, you know, most of the, 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 the things that they're acting is is in to be in our health and for what's good. Right. And I'm sitting here watching and I feel I'm sure you feel the same way watching all my friends and family go through a bunch of mental health issues and, and even physical issues as well. And you're just like, OK, but look at this health and look at this side. Like, is this really better for them? Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like any of the restrictions or mandates were justified? I feel when we were first dealing with COVID and we really didn't know what we were up against, I, I feel that I can at least understand that the government really had no idea how to approach this. I think that there, this is something that's been a topic of conversation since I can remember. So I remember being in elementary school and then discussing a pandemic maybe one day happening. I feel like there should have been better plans and protocols in place already. Um, but, but that aside, I understand the first month or two, but everything kind of following that when we started to get more information was the overreach. And I also feel that the damage that was done to our economy and to people's mental health uh, was a lot more damage versus the, the death rate with COVID. Now, mm-hmm. I just want to say all of the people that have passed away from COVID and all of the families dealing with that, I'm not at all taking away from that. It's terrible and it's heartbreaking. But the death rate percentage actually was below what would declare this an official pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to watch how many people lost their homes and how many people lost everything because of the overreach. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the or like we were saying, there's there is a lot more in it. hundred percent every death is absolutely tragic. But then yeah. why aren't we looking at the other deaths from the ripple effects of what we did for so long? You know, I don't yeah. imagine the first couple of months a lot of these statistics were as I'm sure there was though, because you know, that was hard the first time. I don't know about you, but the first time the lockdown hit for me, I felt paralyzed for the first couple of days. I was like, What is going on? Like Oh I've- yeah. Definitely. I have no idea. We were like zoned into Tiger King for like three days. So, you know, that was a, a shock. 
to the system as it was. And it was like, and then we can't leave. We can't go to the gym and we can go to the groceries kind of, and things were, you know, like, but then after that, so I can imagine, you know, that, that is very hard, but after months upon months, and I think the one part that I found harder was that you just got a little bit of real life back for a bit, you know, so you got summer back. Mm-hmm. And although that was mm-hmm. nice, cause I couldn't imagine being locked down like that all the time. Then it's like, then you get slammed back in, in the winter. And then, you know, you went through this like winter depression on top of lockdown depression and then it would kind of open back up and I think it's the back and forth that it makes people feel unstable too right like and then you're sitting in this like constant fight or flight mode now where it's okay what's gonna happen next I gotta be prepared for anything and it's like oh that's so exhausting Mm -hmm. especially when you just especially when you just got out of that like you know for me personally I'm like I just got out of living in constant anxiety all the time I really don't want to go back to it yes 100 percent I actually, um, I think the third lockdown, even though for most provinces, it was the most lenient as far as restrictions, was mm-hmm. actually the most difficult on almost everybody. Um, every single person that I spoke with just couldn't believe that we were going back into one. And a lot of people were at the financial point where they really, they really actually couldn't take anymore. They made it through the first and second. So, you know, it's, it was interesting to see so many people who'd made it through a year and a half of, you know, struggling with their mental health, but not completely giving up. A lot of people that I know, um, yeah, they, they pretty much gave up that last lockdown. There was a lot of defeat and a lot of fear and a lot of just exa- mental exhaustion. Yeah, absolutely. And instability. And that was with us for this last one in December when they shut the gyms down again. It was like, are you kidding me again? Oh yeah, like, they shut the gyms down while I was there for nationals. <laughs> oh my God, are you? Yeah, wow, yeah, that was a <laughs> nice timing. Love that for everyone. Oh my goodness, this, and this is oh, why yeah. we bought we bought a home gym um, in 2020. We were really lucky and and uh, filled our basement. Not filled it, but you know, ended up doing that because that was one of the things that you know at the time we had the money and we seen it. And we're like, fuck it, because we have no idea what's going to happen next. And I'm really glad we did because this last one, it was really nice because there were some gyms that stayed open. We're like, no, we're not doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the same sense, it's like, that's something I was like, I'm investing in this because I know it's super important for us. And I just don't trust that it's not going to happen again. Um, And although I'm super grateful for people that are, you know, opening and doing that, you still also just, you just never know. (laughs) And for me, and I'm sure you're the same way, uh, physical health is the biggest success I have to having um, more of a mental health, uh, less mental health crisis is that's for sure. When I can't move my body, my brain gets very cluttered a lot more. Um, yes, definitely. And I, I was actually having a really good discussion with a couple of my friends. Um, one of my close friends, Brian Mark, owns a gym out there in Kelowna. Yeah. And I know that he's been fighting. He's yes. been fighting this entire time to um, keep gyms open for people's mental health and I'm trying to explain that this is the number one thing that we can do to combat COVID um, mm-hmm. is to be increasing physical health and mental health um, because that's really where we're seeing the damage, right? So um, seeing people fighting for that is, you know, incredibly inspiring, but it's difficult to try and understand the government stance on it because to me that would be, the, even at hospitals, the number one thing you'll see if someone has a cold or a flu or even pneumonia will be to build up their immune system, right? And to build up their strength for their body. So it's interesting that they chose to attack those first. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, and then we could talk about like science and it's like, but isn't that 
you know, like movement and sleeping and, you know, eating a good balanced diet and getting outside and, you know, amount of sleep, all of those things we know help support our immune system. But why was that never brought up? Why, why is it just, and I'm not saying that the the other methods are not good. Like, sure. If, you know, social distancing and, and, you know, wearing a mask and doing all those things, if that's what you need to do, hand sanitizer for sure. But that's taking care of kind of like the outside protection. And in my mind, there's still some inner stuff that, you know, can be done. And that again, was never talked about. So about our health and it was like, okay, it's like, okay, being locked inside, but make sure you're going outside when you're at home, you know, like, but it was never that it was just like outside bad. It's like, well, mm, uh, okay but even so I would just like go sit on my back porch like even if I was bundled in blankets I'd be like no I need to get outside I need fresh air I can't be just breathing my house air that sounds terrible (laughs) claustrophobic wise like you know fresh air and nature is really good for you so it was just for me it was and good for your mental health so it pissed me off oh yeah stay at home I'm like okay cool but remind people to do something outside too. You know, even if it was your family, go outside and play with your kids outside or go for a walk around. It's not contagious outside even back then. So like, why wasn't that promoted? You know, that's what makes me sad. Well, especially when they were indicating that the, you know, the number one grouping for, you know, the highest level of mortality for COVID were people that had hypertension or diabetes uh, basically any underlying medical condition that usually comes with being overweight or some sort of an issue where you're in a decline physically. So to me that, you know, if they're actively saying that that is the case, we should probably be combating it with better physical health. You would think, you know, you think, you think, but you know, logic is far and wide these days and, and low vitamin <laughs> and low vitamin D is what I heard from day one. And then it was like, then you brought it up and you're like fact checked off of Facebook because they're like, Oh, everyone get your vitamin D levels up. And you're like, Oh, don't say that. That's a conspiracy theory. And you're like, what? Like, I don't know about anybody else, but I've been doing stacks of vitamins for quite a few years and minerals. It's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, I probably should go get tested to make sure I'm taking the right things. Um, you know, cause that can be dangerous as well, but not to the point, you know what I mean? I just think it's wild. It's like, no, Vitamin D deficiency isn't a conspiracy theory, um, especially in the northern hemisphere when we don't get as much sun. Um, you know, that's one thing I loved about Alberta, though, is that it is a lot more sunnier there sometimes. Um, but still, we don't get nearly as much, especially if you're working in an office. all day. You, know, you guys are in your salon all day. You don't always get to be out there. But, you know, don't you dare talk about vitamin D because that's a well it's interesting it's interesting that you specifically bring that up so my mother-in-law is a head charge nurse for our newest hospital here south health campus she's charge nurse for emergency has been with alberta health for over 20 years and she she let us know that uh from the very start of the pandemic they noticed um, a severe um in increase in people surviving covid if they administered high levels of vitamin d through iv Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing that with people coming into Emerge as well as people who've been intubated and were in ICU. So it's, it's interesting to me specifically that people would attack that as a conspiracy theory when this is actually being applied in all major hospitals. Yes, <laughs> it's because the media gets a hold of it and yeah. they make it into crazy and they say it is. And then people absorb that and then they go through their daily lives and see someone say that and then they and if they're in a bad mood especially then they troll them hard and are really mean to them 
And then other people see that and they're like, oh, and then they relate that to that. And they're like, well, I'm not going to say that because look how that person got treated, you know, and then people stop sharing it. And then people, then, then all of a sudden this now headline has turned into the quote unquote truth. And I'm not saying it's not, but then in the same sense, this is where I've been sitting this whole time where I kind of like to play devil's advocate. I like to see both sides. Am I definitely leaning more to one side? Of course I am. I'm not going to deny that I'm not, but I also kind of like have where in the show and I'm interviewing all these women through this last years of like how they've been told that they're crazy for believing something, you know, or their bodies are telling them something. And, you know, so I kind of sit on the side of being like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, hey, my girlfriends have been told like nothing's going to happen to you. Like the other girl, Danielle, was straight up told that nothing was going to happen to her with her breast implants Um, Mm -hmm. to her having to fly out of the country to get them removed. You know, you see stuff like this and you're like. I don't, it's not that I don't trust. I just have questions. And then all of a sudden when you're getting slandered and labeled stuff for questioning, that was like a bunch of red flags for me. It was like, Phew. were you There's talking like... about Danielle Shuchuk? <laughs> oh no. Uh, Danielle, she was, uh, uh, the other guest on your episode. Um, oh, okay. she's from the yeah, Island. Um, she, yeah, okay. she got hers out and she was told that everything would be fine. She'd have these for her whole life. You know, they could run her over with her breast implants and they'd be fine and it's like you know these are trusted <laughs> professionals and I'm sitting here going well y'all haven't fell down the BII hashtag uh rabbit hole yet because that just yeah. is not true for some women right so all of yeah. those things lead me to these moments now where I'm like okay hold on why are all these some of these researchers and doctors and nurses and people I know and trust are like no no, no this is vitamin D is good but then all of a sudden on the media and you know politically it's now bad for you you know that's where I'm like mm, some more red flags <laughs> oh there are so many red flags right now <laughs> uh, and I'm glad to see everyone's like you know questioning things um and and asking because I've been asking for for a while now and I don't seem to find any answers and it's starting to frustrate me so I'm hoping you know everyone else that is starting to be like hey wait a minute maybe we can start to mm-hmm. see some answers to some of the things that don't make sense and again like mm-hmm. Like this situation now, how is it okay that they open and close your business like that six months out of an entire year with giving you like a tenth of what you possibly could have made? And I'm not saying that they should turn around and give you exactly what you made, but something, something. Yes, yeah. Well, I think the difficult thing was too. So I was actually, um, I actually did end up going to a protest here in Calgary in regards to it. And it, it was on the second lockdown. So during the second lockdown here, our premier actually went on TV and specifically looked at the camera and said, I would like to thank all hairstylists and service providers for how you've handled everything with COVID and with your businesses, because currently there is a 0% spread rate marked for personal service. And one week after that was aired, we were shut down. How And that's what I mean. It's like, you know, and you want to trust what they're saying and you want to believe like, okay, they mean this. And then they turn around and do that. And you're like, how do you believe any, like, and you know, I'm so glad that they're talking about reversing stuff now in every province in the world, except for ours. Um, But then it's like, do, do we trust that? Do we know what's going to happen come the fall again? You know, it's like, I would like to see them reverse this and put things in place. So this overreach of power doesn't happen again. And I agree. I'm exactly the same way. I totally believe the first couple months when we knew nothing, a hundred percent. And, you know, some of the things 
Sure. But I think at the end of the day, it, what it should have boiled down to is personal choice and your personal liability. Yeah. If you weren't safe, felt safe going into a place and you didn't need to, but to tell that business owner that they're not a, essential or, you know, everyone is essential. Everyone's essential to their family and how they contribute to this yeah. world. And I don't understand I how anybody gets to decide that. Yes. I believe I'm pro-choice as well um, with everything to do with COVID. So I, I do believe that would have been the best way to handle it is just, you know, give financial support to people who do have autoimmune uh, conditions or maybe coming out of remission from cancer, anyone who just feels uncomfortable, anyone else that wants to go to work, that's fine. We, um, in, my brother lives in Taiwan. In Taiwan, they had um, a grocery delivery service where people that had you know, masks and gloves would bring groceries that had been sanitized to people's homes that were dealing with conditions like that. Everyone else was allowed to go back to work immediately. And Taiwan was rated, I think, number one in the world for how they handled this pandemic. I just think there was there were a lot of different ways that wouldn't have caused much damage or disunity because now we're seeing, you know, families and, and friendships ripped apart from... Yep you know, basically a war of minds and words. And Canada has always been a melting pot as far as accepting both viewpoints or multiple viewpoints. So it's sad. (laughs) Oh, I totally agree. And that's what I mean, too. Like, it's all of a sudden, too, became this huge political thing. And, you know, if you feel this way, you're... And and, and it's a sad thing. It just happened in the States as well. You know, you go through, you watch the same things that just happened in the States now Mm -hmm. happening here, too, and the amount of divide it's causing. And you know, I've been obviously very vocal about, you know, my stance on where I am, but I'm the same way. Like I have no, what you do with your life is your business. I would just like the same respect. Right. And, you know, um, and now we're just seeing, it's hard to say because some people are like, oh, I see the country and I feel like we're coming together more now than I've ever seen. And it's absolutely beautiful. There is still a decent amount of divide, but I think what's upsetting me is the perpetuating of the divide, you know, like Mm -hmm. there already is enough of that in our day-to-day human connection. And now you've got people in higher up positions that are um, and paying the the legacy media to reiterate, reiterate those things, you know, it's just getting leaked into everyone's head and it's just, it's causing more anger and divide when it doesn't need to be because we're all, here for the same thing we all want the same thing um but we're being told that we don't and you know that we're we should be fighting each other and that i really i don't believe is the way out of this or what needs to happen i think common respect mm-hmm. for one another is is it <laughs> yeah adults we're adults That's the only way through always and forever <laughs> yeah and we're adults right like you know i yeah. i don't have to tell you what to to do with your life because that's your your life and and you I, but i can respect you for what you want to do and same with other right. people and I, and i don't know where that changed you know i thought that's always where we're at with everything unless you're actually physically hurting someone you know um but again i think it's been taken apart and everything's been so politicized that it just it's gotten people's emotions and that's fair we've been beaten and dragged for two years um I don't know how anybody can come out of this being like I feel amazing I mean yes but (laughs) I mean (laughs) we're we're always the uh you know glass half full and how can we turn this and what's the lesson but it's been a hard two years too yeah oh yeah I mean it just gets to the point where it's like okay I'm done learning the lesson you know (laughs) 
okay universe i get it i got it now let's yeah. drop your being please a let dead. me graduate yeah. please yeah no doubt um what do you think um for yourself as a small business how and i know this is so hard for everyone to answer but just hypothetically in a perfect world how do you think that they could have supported small businesses better through it um i think exactly what we were talking about i think business owners should have been a you know, been able to decide what was best for their businesses. I think obviously basic health measures, of course. Um, the thing is specifically in, you know, the service industry, we are the most highly regulated and highly sanitized locations that you can go to. Um, so I think honestly, they should have, yeah, just given us the option of what we can do with our clients. Um, I do know a couple of business owners who did decide, to, they felt a lot of pressure, they didn't want to, but decided to enforce the VAX passes at their salons, and most of them lost uh, between 40 and 60% of their, their clients. Some of these clients have been going there for, for 10 to 15 years, you know, so you lose you like, I feel like you, you lose either way, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> Someone's going to yeah. be mad no matter what you do. So you just have to do what's yeah. best for you. Wow, that was a rhyme. I didn't mean that. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, no, thank you. I'm going to be a rapper on my next line. Um, but no, it's totally true. And and that, that was a thing for me too, is just thinking, okay, well, even if it was like, let's say gyms or, or classes or services or whatever, you know, you decide what's best. And I'm going to respect a a business, um, you know, whether they decide if they enforce that, I obviously can't go there. Um, but I understand that people have to do what they have to do. And that's all right. I, you know, I can spend my money elsewhere. That's absolutely fine. I wouldn't go attack those people, but they, people should be able to have the choice. And then there should be a places for other people to go, you know, excluding one part of society. Um, you know, when people don't feel comfortable to do so, I don't think is okay. You know, if, if you have a business and that didn't bother you and you were open and inclusive to all, um, I think you should have been able to have the power to do that. And if you were a patron and you weren't comfortable with that, then there were other options for you to go through. And I think if we could have gone through it that way, we would have been able to A, make everyone feel safe, B, make everyone feel included, and C, gave people the option. And you can vote with your dollars, right? So if you believe that this business that was doing that it aligns with how you feel, then then you go there, right? And 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 the cards will lie where they may, right? Either you're going to be successful or you're not. And I guess that'll depend on you, right? But just to be like, no, you can't, or like make people wear a mask or make people do this. I just don't think that that's fair. And I think that really hurt people on a deep level on both sides of the, the counter. Okay, girl, I know this one's a, a really hard question to answer, but where do you think that they'll take this next? Do you think we'll lock down again? Or do you think we're hopefully in the clear now? So I don't think we're in the clear right now. Um, I, I also don't think they'll lock us down again. I think if they attempted to lock us down, Canada has become more unified over the last few weeks. We're kind of seeing that with, um, you know, like what's happening in Ottawa right now with the trucker or convoy and things like that. A lot of people are kind of coming together and realizing that they've had enough. So I think, I don't think that they will uh, try to, if they do try to, there'll be such a backlash from different communities all over the country that I don't think it will go through. Um, but just from what we're seeing with current leadership, I do think that they will try and use different mandates and take, you know, different levels of control with our rights and freedoms. So I think it's just super important to, I know a lot of us don't want to watch mainstream media right now, but um, just stay informed, stay educated, 
make sure that you are reading from sources that come from both sides of the spectrum and mm -hmm. uh, just kind of be ready on what your stance is and, and what you're willing to represent and stand for, right? I agree. I totally agree. And you just never know. So like you said, always being prepared. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I mean, BC hasn't really gotten out of it yet, but <laughs> hopefully um, yeah. others won't be uh, reversing back and we, we can then use that being like, hey, you know, Ontario's even scrapping it, you know, Saskatchewan, all those places. And I think if going forward, I, I think that if anything, it's just still going to be maybe more of the past type thing where I just don't see them shutting businesses down and hurting the economy even more because it just uh, it's definitely not justifiable and I think like you said two people you know they've had enough with this and I think regardless they'll keep going I mean we're seeing businesses mm -hmm. like you said like iron um the gym here you know they I feel like sometimes it's just intimidation you know fear tactics and I believe the law will prevail you know I think good will always win but it's gonna have to expose a lot of these systems that I think we all kind of knew about but we're like no nah, it's Canada you know, like, yeah, no. And then now it's like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, and like you said, it is yeah. hard. I know I didn't want to get involved in politics uh, the last couple of years I have. And now I'm regretting being not ignorant to it. But yeah, for myself was total ignorance being like, oh, it doesn't matter. And now I'm like, shit, we've had this guy mm -hmm. in here for six years. I did not vote for him once, not like judging anybody that did. But it's been very frustrating now to see, okay, maybe I should have gotten more involved. I don't know if that, you know, <laughs> would have changed anything, but it would have brought me more peace of mind, at least knowing that mm -hmm. you know your voice does matter and, and and you know we can change the world we just have to come together and it, it's been beautiful I don't know about you but I cry every single time I watch especially at the beginning when the convoy started oh my god it oh, was just yeah. um it's I have a funny story about that so I actually arrived at the salon so we have um my apprentice she is a foot taller than me she looks like a broad stall she's absolutely stunning and uh, she is very, very um, introverted, quiet, and cold. She doesn't show a lot of emotion. And so I walked around the front of her SUV, and she was bawling in the front seat of her vehicle. <laughs> and I figured something, you know, terrible had happened. Maybe she lost a loved one or something with her boyfriend. And so I, I knocked on her window to check on her, and she was watching Canadians come together um, as the convoy was driving across the country and little kids raising their flags and she just burst into tears and she said it's so beautiful to see Canada come together again and I have never in years of being her best friend seen her like that yeah <laughs> isn't that really wild cool. though and no it is because yeah. it's like, I don't think everyone realized how much um, hope they'd lost how much damage that it had done and and how maybe separated we were until we all came back together you know you and at the beginning, um, it, that's what you heard all the time. We're in this together. We're going to get through this together. And, and I truly believe that's how it started. But after a while, um, whether meaning to or not, or just by us being separated, you know, it felt really disconnected. And it didn't feel like, you know, we were in this together until this happened. And regardless yeah. of the end factor or where this is going to take us, I think it put a lot of hope and heart um, back into our country and the entire world. Could you imagine if Canada yeah. is the country that changed the entire world? You know, yeah, just I mean, as, as little Canucks. Which is what's yeah. sad. 
right? So it's like us little knuckleheads, we're the ones that's going to change everything around, really? Yeah, we got this. <laughs> you guys always make my, you know, I have a girlfriend from down the state. She's like, shit, we used to always make fun of you guys, you know? And essentially, you know, I think our niceness was kind of like viewed at sometimes as a little bit of like a weakness. And now it's like, now what? Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, Canada's the yeah. has had enough. And now we're saying we've had enough. It's time. And even just to see the world cheering us on and to see how it yeah. sparked convoys everywhere and seeing the world stand up for each other. And, and, you know, I'm making friends with people across the world now through this and, and connecting on different levels. And I think mm-hmm. no matter how shitty some of it is, there's so much beauty to be seen. And I think the only, another good way to survive this is trying to look at what some of the positives are. What, what can we grow from this? What we can learn, maybe do this. So this never happens again. What can we do? Mm-hmm. So uh, the future, you know, not necessarily I'm having children, but the future children, what should we be leaving this world? And I believe they deserve to live in a world like me and you grew up in. Um, but that's yeah. going to take, that's going to take us some fighting to get that back. Um, but speaking of positives, are there any wins that you can take away from this pandemic? Well, it's exactly kind of like what I was just talking about now. It's been extreme losses and extreme lows and extreme hope and extreme beauty kind of all mixed together and I think what we got from this by going through such a hard time is uh, we're really able to focus on the beautiful things happening right now which is it's causing us to be present it's forcing us to be more involved forcing us to be active and and also um, causing us to really take a look at our our own reflections and how we're you know showing other human beings like what we're feeling, how we're sharing our truth, how we're loving others. Um, it's been incredible. I've watched people that, you know, I would have considered super selfish or vain maybe in the past. So try not to judge, but you know, their actions say otherwise. Mm-hmm. I've seen those people come out of their shells and raise money for other people and drop off food. And um, like I had so many clients um, send money when they heard what was happening to me just, you know, just in case, or I'm paying for my hair up front for next year, or, you know, they heard I'm going to Mexico next week, and a couple of people sent me transfers, you deserve this more than anyone I know. Um, just things like that. I had a couple of police officers actually offer to come get their hair done at my house as um, kind of a stand against what was going on. I've seen police officers refuse to go to Ottawa to support what is happening against civilians right now. Um, so that there's been a lot of bad, but like I said, it just only, re, you know, helps us really focus on the good as well. Yeah. And it will amplify the good too, if we just keep pushing that way and keep um, sending yeah. love. And I think that was the proudest. Okay. There's, it was a flip of a coin, the most proudest and not proudest moment when, you know, the officers in Ottawa did come down um, on the protesters, because for one, I was so proud to see all these Canadians meet it with love and like no matter what the media says I don't care I watched it I literally was working and had lives on all day I would jump between like four different people straight um I just nonstop. I have so much recorded on my phone I was like into it and they were giving them flowers coffee trying to hug them there was one officer that hugged them um and then he got in trouble from his you know obviously command and then fell and then was taken off 
the line right after, which was sad because it was the most beautiful thing to watch them hug um, in that moment. And, you know, and that part, I was really proud. And then on the flip side, I'm like, oh my gosh, how is this Canada? Like, I thought this is the one thing that we are allowed to have. We're allowed to peaceful protest. Like I thought, like, it's just wild to me, you know? So it was just like so much pride in the same sense, so much, I don't want to say shame because I don't know if that's, I just sad that, you know, really, (laughs) Um, but to see everyone come together and then after even at that nighttime I don't know if you've seen it but like a DJ showed up and they were all dancing again (laughs) dancing yeah how and I saw that how uh how Canadians protest yeah and it's like you know and some people are part of the world because we do have friends on the other side of the world you know and um one fella he's in Russia and he was saying to Grant like you know it's totally different when you know people from Canada and you're seeing what your friends are seeing versus what you see here and I just thought that is so wild because then I started thinking, oh my God, what happens in other countries that we're seeing that anyways, not going to fall down that rabbit hole, but um, I've seen nothing but peacefulness come from Canadians through this whole thing. And I think that brings me so much pride and it's like, you can try and beat us down, but we're, we're always going to sit here and smile and get through this together. And I think we're going to keep doing that energy. We're in a good spot for sure. Um, yes, a hundred percent. We have to believe in that and have hope that yeah. it's going to get better no matter no matter what we're seeing yeah. uh the contrast the contrast of the true canadian heart versus i would argue is a straight up dictatorship at this point mm-hmm. um is good because as, as difficult as it is um you're now seeing it broadcasted internationally throughout all different countries in the world if you look at their mainstream news the comments and the dialogue that they're having in regards to our prime minister's actions um it's incredible and it's going in our favor. And I think the more we just stand true to who we are in our Canadian hearts, um, the clearer it is. We don't even have to do anything other than just stand and allow the truth to come out. Yep. Yep. And just hold on to each other, be kind, have grace. That's the big thing I've had to, to practice is grace, knowing that everyone's operating from a spot where they're, you know, scared or doing what they think is best. And although that might not look the same for us, I respect those that have to do, you know, without causing other harms, but practicing grace, you know, there's some people that have said some pretty nasty things that for me, I'm just going to, you know, live, let learn, because I don't really feel that people really meant a lot of what they said. Everyone's just, you know, so emotional and and it's totally fair. Um, Do you have any Mm -hmm. advice for anybody that's going through the same you know, I know we're kind of through the end of it, but anybody that was going through what you're going through with your business? Uh, The biggest thing is kind of like I was saying on the other episode is you're not alone. And Mm -hmm. the biggest support you're going to get is honestly reaching out to other business owners around you. There are a lot of Facebook groups, but even if you don't want to get involved in something like that, just making sure that you do reach out and talking to other people that are in your situation um, some of the grants that I was able to get or partially get came from links from people that had gone through phone calls for hours with the government and the CRA trying to get support. Um, a lot of people are willing to help and put in extra work um, to help you as a business owner actually get through. We have direct emails, direct phone lines, um, long run, even just as a human being, just getting a hug from someone to help you, it will help. Absolutely. Oh, yes hugging no more afraid of being hugging hugging, hugging is needed Love hugging is great yeah right you know more social life. distancing <laughs> is that that's gonna be your third company now the hug life incorporated yeah, hug life <laughs> they just go around and hug everyone I love that that is great hey you, you guys heard it here first Bella's next um business plan um but it's true though and I think 
all those good feelings and stuff that bring you goodness and happiness, like connection, all that we really, that is a big part of healing. It's a big part of being human. I think it just puts such a, put you in a good environment, you know, and so be around people. I think it's fair to say now we know that, you know, people aren't dropping dead in the streets. It's okay to go for yeah. dinner. That's it's okay to, you know, and I understand at first I was the same way. I was like, okay, this shit is scary. I get it. And then now it's like, yeah, okay. It's not scary anymore. And honestly, if, if, if living my life, I'm okay to take those risks personally, because I can't keep mm-hmm. living in my house doing this shit anymore. And I can't watch everyone around me do the same. And I know in my heart connection is, is what, what is just what we need as human beings and fucking hug everybody. Hug everybody. <laughs> and in the long run, I, I tell my clients the only lesson that I've really learned from this and that I would suggest is human you know yes be mindful of other people that's it yeah and we never know what someone's going through right you could be the happiest person and be losing your business because of what's going on right and um what about for um being a business owner what can the community do to help you guys uh further through this I know we're coming on our way out but are there any other ways besides like purchasing your services that that the community can help for those still making it their way through I think the biggest thing is um, just remembering that we're humans too. Uh, We've been hit really hard and we're trying our absolute best to be there for all of our patrons and clients. And uh, we wouldn't have a business without all of your love and support. So, you know, just taking a little extra time to ask if we're okay. I know we're always pouring ourselves into our clients at their hair appointments. Um, So just asking how we're doing. Um, I know a lot of our clients are like, you know, bringing us extra coffee if we have to work extra hours to try and get people in, uh, being understanding and flexible with appointments, and, and we're trying to be flexible as well. Um, but in the long run, yeah, like I said, just recognizing that we're both human on both sides of it and that we make mistakes too, and we're just trying to do the best we can in not an easy situation. That's absolutely fair. And it's so true. And I know for myself too, even if you know, I know businesses and now everyone's on the uh, one side or the other and where they're like, you know, I'm never going to support people that introduce those things. And I'm not sure that I necessarily feel in that space because I'm the same way. Like I can't be upset for someone that was having to do what they needed to do to support their family as well, you know, and Mm -hmm. having understanding that, you know, everyone was doing what they needed to, to support. I understand that because I, I would want the same respect for me, even if it's, that's not the choice that I would personally have taken. Um, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to have that grace, you know, it's not my choice. It's not my place. And if I want someone to give me the option to decide what I would do with my business, I then have, I do believe that I should respect someone else's as well. And you're totally right that, that you guys are, you guys are working so friggin' hard. You should be taught, treated with kindness, no matter what, but especially these last couple of years, like you said, we've been through the ring. Definitely not fair um, for anyone to take things out on business owners. They didn't ask for this <laughs> uh, at all. I think yeah. if they just stayed open and making money the whole time, that's where they would have went. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then also, just like you said, supporting local, buying instead of just always mm-hmm. buying on Amazon, try and buy from your friends. Uh, don't ask your friends for discounts just because they're your friends. You know, try and give them extra if you can. We had yeah. a situation where um, we were trying to rent a, a home during all of this and we were turned down multiple times because Chris and I are both business owners because they didn't think that you know our jobs were stable enough um 
and you know I know that the banks aren't really wanting to help business owners either because of the same thing so if you're in a position where you're selling something or renting something or you can help a business owner out in any way that way as well um just taking a chance on them because we'll work harder than anyone else I know (laughs) well yeah too because it's your dreams and that's the one thing that I always found so hard for the world is that when you're a business owner sometimes especially when the both of you are and I mean I kind of understand it with the banks in a sense but it puts you guys in this really kind of vulnerable position where it's like oh well you don't you don't have any steady income let's say so then things are a little bit harder and and with renters too, I imagine that's even harder for even me when we were, when we first moved to Kelowna, we were both like, oh, they're like, oh, what, ind- oh, where are you guys working? And we both had to say cannabis industry. Yeah. That didn't go yeah. over well with some people. Um, <laughs> we're like, oh, cool. And they're like, oh, well, you know, didn't even call us back. We're like, okay, don't mention you work in the cannabis industry. Cool. Cool. Awesome. It just shouldn't yeah. be that way. We still pay our bills. It's a legal thing. Like you have a legal business. It's not like you're yeah. running a, no, like, I don't know, prostitution ring. Like, goodness sakes, you're running a freaking <laughs> hair salon. Like, come on. And since 2017, nonetheless, you know, it's not like you just started two months yeah. ago. No, five years in. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the shifts that you've done. Everything that, well, we know how much I fangirl with you. Um, But is there Thank anything you. else that we can add, I uh, love, to your interview today to share what it was like being a business owner? Do you feel like we kind of covered everything today? I honestly think we, we covered it pretty well. And um, one thing I do want to say is to thank you for having me on here. And thank you so much to everyone who has uh, really supported Weave Life and really has supported my mindset program because I, I honestly would not have made it through this without you guys. Absolutely. And I don't think most of us uh, have you have you in our lives. We could live without you like all the time. I'm always so excited to see what you're doing next. I'm so excited to (laughs) to see what uh, adventures you're doing. But even more, this sounds bad, but I just I love your real posts because it it just reminds me that it's okay to feel the heavy too. And it's you you're Mm -hmm. still happy and great person, even if you have those, you know, heavy moments or feelings. So please continue um, to always be giving out that amazing you know, motivation and inspiration like you always do um, because I love it. um, And I know all of us really appreciate it. And it really inspires me um, when women, you know, have been through shit and you've been through your shit girl. Um, But you've also (laughs) skyrocketed 10 times higher every time. And I just friggin' love that. So thank you so much again for coming on the show, being a part of it. I'm going to share all of the information about your businesses too, so we can get that out there. And uh, we'll see you on the next time. I told you, remember last time, I'm like, it won't be your last time. And here we are like yep, six weeks later. Me. <laughs> uh, so we'll make sure we have you back. Um, but then we'll just jump on to our next guest. Thank you so much, Randy. All right, babes, let's jump on to our second guest of the show. You guys, I'm so excited because this is her debut in season three, but her like 18th episode with us all around because we love her so, so much. So without further ado, our final babe on today's show, Holly. Hey, babe, how's it going? Hey, girl. Hey, good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for making an appearance on season three so far already. I mean, we're Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I like how you said I was like 18 times. I'm sure it's like eight though. It's got to be at like at least eight now. I Yeah, I tried to count back. So for those that don't know, if you want to go back and uh, um, listen to more episodes with Holly and see why me and Kayla love her so much and bring her on all the time. Um, I think the first one was depression um, and then birth control and yeah. then childbirth. 
Yeah. And then I think it was medical cannabis. Yes. And then pressures of parenting when season two. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So it's like five or six. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I should count. I, I made the mistake one time of forgetting. I think it was Courtney's or maybe it was yours. And I just totally lost count. And I was like, now I have to remember every time to go back and see, because it's actually just kind of really beautiful to me to see how everyone's coming back in. And uh, we just get to, you know, us as hosts get to watch you guys grow, but our community as well. Right. So thank you. Thank you. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And today we're talking about your business. So before we get into it a little bit more, can you explain to our community the many businesses of Miss Holly G? Because <laughs> they grow uh, every time I see yes. them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they really do. And it's funny because, um, yeah, like just every, over the past couple of years, it's grown even more. Um, so my business name is Holly G. Um, I'm a hairstylist based out of my home here, just outside of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Um, when I was shut down from working, I also decided to venture out and start making scrunchies. 90% of my scrunchies are made out of upcycled materials. Um, and then I also make teacup candles and that is all under Holly G handmade. And then me and a friend combined our businesses for a bit there just recently. And now we're under high Lux body care <laughs> and I also just I also started a decluttering business called the simplified stylist and that launched uh just a couple of weeks ago oh perfect timing I love it see yeah I'm like hey hold on I want to do some advertisement for you um wait hold on I need to do okay for Holly you need to do like six um <laughs> for all the avenues <laughs> but I think that was one um, you know, you've always done that. You've always been a person that does multiple things at one time, you know, multiple streams of income, but even more so just like your creativity. I think you always have to be making something or helping someone or learning something. It's just kind of ingrained in your nature. I'm pretty sure. So it's never surprising when you're like, Oh, look at yeah. this new adventure. I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I love it. So much. That's Holly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's just like, you know, I don't know, I'm the same way. I've had several different jobs in different areas and done different things. And sometimes it makes me sad that I don't work for, you know, one company for 25 years and I've been there. But I just don't think that that's me. I think to learn new things and, you know, some things stick around for long periods of time. Like you've been doing hair for how long now? Uh, off and on for 14 years. Right. So that's never going to change. Like, I, you know, I could see maybe, no. that, maybe you do something else, but I think you always have that outlet you'll always want to re and make someone feel fresh and beautiful and all those kind of yeah things. that's kind of yeah like, I'll have the same job but like I'll do a bunch of other things until I find something that you know like this is fun for now and then now into this adventure yeah and like even when I worked office gigs I was still doing hair on the side so hair has always stayed around like even when I was like working at corporate stuff I was still doing hair for friends or you know stuff like that on the side or weddings weddings was a huge one for when I was working corporate world I did those like weekends and summer and stuff so big yeah too well I mean obviously that's changed a little bit over the last couple years but before we can remember what life like was like before the pandemic um there was you know weddings and events and too and you're very creative and part of the creative community too right so um putting time and effort into that that hair and makeup as well um 
for marketing too. Well, just for the fun of it, but it's always a fun marketing scheme, not scheme, but marketing thing to do when you can do your art. And then that's also your brings people in for your career as well. Yeah, totally. English words. Um, the other <laughs> thing too, uh, with the pandemic, uh, I think a lot of people had to start thinking a little bit more outside the box and finding things that they, that they love to do to make money because everything was just so uncertain. Right. And especially for your guys's industry. So it's, uh, it's cool that you can take all of those hobbies that you love to do and actually, um, make money off of it where my money, my hobbies just cost me money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a kind of a fluke. Like, so I know a lot of other hairstylists were offering like touch up kits for at home for colors and that just didn't jive with me mm-hmm. for me I was like well no I actually had to like put a lot of money in to my education and I wasn't worried about people like not meeting me after because I knew that people would still want to come to me for colors later um, I just didn't like the idea of sending home clients with professional colors that I don't have control over in the salon space. <laughs> if yes. that makes any sense. Yeah. So like, I know a lot of people were doing touch-ups, but I was offering instead I, I changed it. I offered like, I call them color bombs. So it's like a conditioning color deposit for my really pretty vivid colors to kind of keep them fresh. Right. Yeah. And- <laughs> that would have been harder. I, for me, it's just like, Oh, <sighs> I'm just like Brown. So like whatever, but people that have, you know, like those bright colors and those, Oh yeah. Maintenance um, colors for sure. Probably struggled a lot more than people like me. And then like with retail, like it's cool. It's fine and dandy to still be able to convert your retail and like make sure you're purchasing from your hairstylist and blah, blah, blah. But also when it comes to like on a hairstylist point of view, you also still have to put that money out in order to get that retail to sell it. So you could be sitting on product without selling it right away. So it's, it's kind of hard if the money's not there to actually buy the things to sell the things. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Make, so have it money was, to make money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like one of those things, like the scrunchies just kind of found me and it was, it was like, like fluky. It was like, I'm making scrunchies out of my kids old clothes. And then I was like, Oh, let's see what I have in this big magical bin of craft things. Because you know, I have one of those. Yes. And um, I was like, what? Right. I was like, let's try some candles. And like, oh, it's just like playing with my kids. And then I was like, boom, oh, you know what? This could be fun. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's the one of the, we were saying before, one of the best parts that did come out of the pandemic is people having to, you know, kind of be adaptable or think outside the box or like, you know, oh, I'm making this out of a craft. Oh, how can I make money out of this? Like, you've seen people create stuff that you didn't see before like tattoo artists were trying to find ways to make money and I seen so many of them were coming up with like coloring books and calendars and just like you know it's really tragic honestly that people had to come up with those solutions but the creativity that people had always blew me away time and time again every lockdown were you know trying to find ways to make money and the ways that they came up with was really cool and you know you got to do something like that where you're like well this is upcycled. So for one, I'm, you know, it's better on the environment and it's not costing an arm and leg for me to create. Therefore I don't have to charge an arm and a leg and it's more affordable. More people can have it. Totally. I love that. That's awesome. And then too, with hair, I, I know a lot of people were all over the place. We know I was terrible and, um, went and just did my own thing. Um, but it is really hard. Um, you know, when you're so used to getting those services and that's the one thing that you, 
you to take care of yourself or feel good you know everyone's feeling like shit for the pandemic and then you can't go your hairdresser and it's not just like going to get your hair done it's like your therapy session too right and so I mean realistically you probably could have just you like charged like $15 for people just to call and talk to you for like an hour (laughs) absolutely man I was like I mean yes yes also that but I I hear that a lot actually because um it usually is just more it's what I do is just more than hair. Uh, did I say that right? Even yeah, what I do is more than hair. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, how do I word that properly? But yeah, it is like a yeah, it's like a therapy session. Is what I like to call it because you're getting everything out of your chest. You're in a safe space to talk about it. Where I am home based, I have I can shut my door. Nobody else is going to hear any of our conversations. So you're free to speak your mind. You can curse, you can swear. So don't yell at me or I might cry. <laughs> but if I've had people cry in my chair and I cry with them and it's just a different atmosphere. So that was definitely really hard. Um, like when I was shut down because I was, I was missing my people. And if you like, I'm, I'm like a, I'm an empath and I'm like a social person, but I'm selectively social, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so when it was like my regulars that I'd see, you know, a, a once a month at least, it was really hard. I would, they were sending me messages. And um, I know I've had like a couple of my, my, my ladies reach out. She's like, Holly, you know, I had to put a box color in my hair. My grades were so bad. I said, don't even feel bad about it. We're all in survival mode. Yeah. Like, I'm like, girl, if I can get you in here, as soon as I get you, if, as soon as I can open my books again, I'll get you in. Yeah. And we're just going to roll with the punches right now. Know that you're not alone in this. Like we're, yeah. we're all in this together. And I think I, think I actually stopped, <laughs> right. I stopped coloring my own roots for those longest time too, just to be like, Hey guys, I got them too. We're going to do this together. I got you. <laughs> right. You're just like, no, I can't, I can't handle it. Well, the, for me too, my biggest problem was I went and I got my hair cut and I was so excited to get like back to a hairdresser after like, you know, leaving you guys and Grand Prairie and stuff. Um, and so I was like, you know, I know that I was doing my own shit, so I'm not going to go in there and expect her to just dye my hair. I'm going to go in and get a haircut and get her to assess it and be respectful to the hairdresser um and she cut my hair and she was like hey we're gonna have to just you know stay brown until we can grow this no no problem booked me for like you know three weeks down the road fucking boom covid hit everything shut down no. and i was like and i had such bad roots and i had been waiting so long to finally get in and then so then i'm like okay whatever i can wait a little bit and then all of a sudden my work's talking about shutting down and me having the there was a certain crew that got selected that if we were to shut down and live on the facility i was going to be one of them and they basically sent a letter to us saying, like, pack your bags, like, it's getting close to, like, you're moving to the, the like, the site and you're going to live. And I'm like, I'm, oh not going, I, I'm not going in with roots, like, because I can't, that's three months in there. <laughs> like, I'm not doing right? it. And so I just like, I broke down and I got hair dye and whatever. We had a laugh about it after. But sometimes it's just like, you know, you're in those moments where you're like, I'm just going to have to make this decision. My hairdresser is going to be disappointed. But I'm just the one that's going to have to pay her to fix this problem. I think as long as you're not an ignorant dick, you guys are, per- are pretty good about it. Cause if anything, I'm just going to end up paying you guys more money to fix it. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, don't go dyeing your hair black and then go in and be like, can I go platinum blonde? Like that is dickhead move. I'm never going to happen. Um, 
I've literally had that happen in my chair multiple times. But just, yes, that is a dickhead move. <laughs> oh, but like, you know, and that's the thing that I think is just so wild. It's like, okay, but you made those decisions. Like hairdressers are miracle workers for sure. But you shouldn't expect someone like, you know, for me, it's like, I know I made that, let's say mistake. And I know that I'm going to have to wait a certain amount of time until it's done. But I hate when people come in and like blame you guys for what they did. Like, no, you can't just go. I know that if I, I can't go get like a Baylage or whatever the fuck they're called right now, because I know that I have box dye and I know that you can't pull that properly. I know this because I've heard you guys talk about it. I would not come in there and be like, this is your fault. I'm just like, right. Be like, okay, how much money? How long do I have? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like the, the ladies that I, like my regulars um, are pretty awesome with me. They, they will be like, Oh, you know what? Like I, 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 done goof Tolly like I need your help now yes. um but it's never like anything that's like out of um and I'm honest with them I'm not gonna be like oh yeah by the way yeah we could do that let's do it right now and <laughs> then you not have any hair when you leave um yeah. you know what I mean but I feel like there was a definitely a big shift in like I say 50% of my clients because I was like oh my gosh I'm so worried that I'm not gonna maintain my clientele because what's gonna end up happening is like after nobody's working everybody's broke blah 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 you know like that kind of like teeter-totter of like oh my gosh of course hair is not the first thing on your mind right yeah that's fair yeah like you want to be able to put groceries on your table and keep a roof of roof over your head and if you're not working that makes things very difficult so um I still had some clients who were still like I think I had gift certificates going out the door for like hey like can I get this now and then when you're reopen can I use it um and I had like I mean clients were still purchasing like shampoos and stuff like that but um it was, yeah, it's definitely very, very different. It was, it was interesting. And so when you started, how, holy English words, when did you start um, working from home with your hair? Like, is that, that was before pandemic, like at least a year before the pandemic, no, a couple years? Oh, so Raina's two and a half. I started working from the house part time as a hobby. Right. And I air quote that because I'm hilarious. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be my hobby room. Four years ago today, I had this idea of I'm just going to turn this room into like my hair room. And I'll just do the, like, at the time, I was just going to do Zadie's hair. And like, that'll be like my room to get ready in. It's just been like my little hobby, hobby room. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think a year after that, I started working from, I finished the salon and had like a couple of clients a month and then found out we were expecting Raina and I worked um, a full-time job doing hair on the side up until Matt leave for her. And then after, I mean, I, I probably did some clients during Matt leave too. Yeah. Um, and then when I was looking at going back to work, I found out I never had a job at the current, like the place I was working previously to mat leave because of COVID they were downsizing. My job was no longer existent. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm turning this into a full-time gig or like (laughs) work around my, or like work around my own hours kind of thing. Right. Because I even said, I was like, well, there's no real way that I could go back to work with the rate of childcare. And I've had like horror, horror stories. Like, Oh, 
for childcare for yes. years. Like childcare yes. is hard to find here. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I was also really nervous about the idea of ever putting my kids back to childcare. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I am going to set my own hours, work around my kids' schedule between, you know, holidays. I don't want to miss anything anymore. Yeah. So I, yeah, especially like where I share custody with my oldest. I don't have, I don't have her on a bus route. I have the do school drop off and pick up. So even if I was to go back to a quote unquote real job, this is my parents. <laughs> sorry, mom. Sorry. Um, sorry. But like, even if I was to do that, I would still have to be like, I, I wouldn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would just I basically be paying for childcare. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. I, I really just don't. I don't know either. I'm so impressed that everyone <gasps> that juggles that honestly, because it's wild. And, and the thing is, is like, you know, kids have other shit too. So are you just going to tell your kids like, no, you can't go do those things. Cause I got to work. But it, I mean, what do you do? Especially right, and we share. everyone's got to work nowadays. You know, it's not as yeah. easy for a dad or mom just to go off and the other one's staying. Most people have to both be doing some sort of income, to be able to fucking pay any bills or get ahead or pay debt or any of that. And or like even just harder. to keep afloat. Yeah. Like with all this inflation rates and our freaking utility bills, man. Like, oh, like we share a vehicle here. Like we're in a one house, well, like a one car, like a one car household. Mm-hmm. So like for us, it makes things extra difficult if I was to work outside of this house. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then this too, right. you don't need your vehicle um, for your job. Thank goodness. So then that kind of opens it up, you know, for your spouse to have a little bit more. Um, wiggle room with that but still then you still yeah. have the kids you don't want to be you know that vehicle being gone all the time in case you need something for an emergency too so it's a definitely a fine balance but it's oh, nice. yeah it's nice that you're able to make your own schedule I think that is the biggest appeal with having your home um, business is that you get to decide the hours that people are in your home right absolutely that and I can kind of pick and choose who I want to be yeah. in my home and my services um like I have changed my services quite a bit over the past year because I've really sat down like and figured out what that looks like and I changed my prices quite a bit um just so I can reflect the education and everything that I've done in the past few years to be able to keep my people safe and keeping on tread and like all the additional things like I never stopped learning so it was time for me to actually increase my pricing I think I sat with this like limiting belief that because I'm in my home I can't charge that much but then I was like Holly you've been a hairstylist for 14 freaking years you're not new no you need to start reflecting that like it's convenient if you're charging like like three four hundred dollars I mean you know like there's but you're not right so you gotta think too like you're allowed to pay uh, charge a little bit more for, you know, how long you've been doing it. And people are still going to save money from that salon. Like, you know, that whatever you're paying for, just kind of like the, I don't know, even know what you're paying for. <laughs> I think yeah. as long as the hairdresser is good, like I don't really care if it's in a fancy salon or not. I mean, to each their own. Um, I would just. Yeah. I mean, like I, person. I like going into a different atmosphere. I like the the privacy of it. Like I, I worked in salons before and this, maybe I'm just jaded from the salons I worked in because it was a toxic environment that I had worked in previously. And I am, I mean, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but I'm like pretty like easygoing. I'm probably one of the most easygoing people like out there. I feel like that's 
that's just my jam. I can kind of meet people's energy and stuff like that. So when I'm in a salon where everybody's bitchy and catty and I, I don't feel like I fit in, like I don't belong there. I have a hard time working with that. I also prefer the human interaction versus the money making. So in the salon, you don't get to choose your clients. If you're, if you're open, they just send you in with a walk-in. Which is fine, not the end of the world, but I love the idea of being able to pick and choose who I do in my chair. I'm not rushed. I'm not back to back with clients. When my clients are getting colors, I can literally sit across the room and shoot the shit. I can get them a cup of coffee or a tea. We'll randomly throw out a couple of tarot cards. We'll talk about life. It's very much more an experience to me versus being in the salon and be like, Bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And it's more like, and you want to have that connection um, with your clients too, because um, I don't know, it's just like an energy exchange, you know, and you learn a little bit about them. They learn a little bit about you. And then you have this like little bond. And then, in a, you know, six to eight weeks later, you come back and you do that again. And um, I'm the same way. That's why it's like, I struggle just to go into a salon. It's like, I, I want to, you know, um, know the person, I, you know, support you know, single moms that are trying to make it on their own instead of, you know, the big business world so that they can have their kids and be there and be a present mom at the same time too, which I think if you can have both, why the fuck not? Right. Like you grew up up in a place where, you know, a little bit different from some of us where it's like, you know, dad was home and mom was busy working and then cool for you because it's like you're home and you're working. Um, So you kind of get to feel both of that, which I think is really cool as well. Which I'm sure yeah, they they, <laughs> yeah, like they love to also be a part of it. So yeah. like the chances are if I'm doing a client in the evening and I have Z, she'll come in and she will introduce herself if she doesn't already know my client. Um, she'll draw them a picture. <laughs> you don't get that. Um, at she, right. She'll go do her thing and then she'll come back. Uh yeah. Ray, I have had an interesting time with childcare. So um I have part-time childcare for her, but usually with my clients, Ray will still come in and say hi. She'll play probably pay, play with scrunchies or hair swatches in the corner. She's not all up in our grill. It's just very much real life. And for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to. Oh, I just feel bad people are coming into my home because I just have kids. And then I asked one of my like one of my regulars who's been around since before Raina's was born. And I'm like, girl, why do you keep coming back to me? I, I would love to know. And she's like, it's because you're real. You, it's real life. It's like you still got the kids coming in. The dogs are meeting you at the door. It just feels like I get to be a part of your life. And sometimes it's chaotic, but it's like the energy exchange of it. It's never it's never like a like a bad vibe coming in. It's always like a welcoming. I feel at home. Yeah. And I love that. And I was your neighbor. Yeah. Right. Like it feels, it feels good. It feels good. And I was like, Oh, thanks buddy. Like that's that to me, I I feel way better about versus me feeling like, Oh my God, I can't have people come in my home because it's not a hundred percent clean. No, my clients actually come to me because it's me and I'm, I'm keeping it real over here. And I mean, that's, that's just what everyone sees when they're going home to their own places too. Right. And like, I'll always do that. I'm always notorious for like cleaning up before someone comes over. And it's like, you know, you just want it to be nice. But in the same sense, you also like, I don't care. 
Like I, I'd rather spend time this like 15 minutes talking to you instead of cleaning while I make you sit outside for 15 minutes or whatever. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, to a degree. We also have cats. So sometimes I'm like, Hey, let me go check if there's poop on the floor, you know, cause they like to do That's that. Fair. That's fair. That's valid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think too, um, and you'll meet people and I have definitely met people that aren't for that. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, great. Don't come back to it. Then I don't want you in my space to begin with. And, you know, if you have people in your space that are going to be judging that, uh, maybe they'll judge that for a minute, but chances are they won't come back and you don't want them in your space. Right. Like that's kind yeah. of how I look at it with those. Cause like, if you're going to judge me because I have clothes on my floor, um, then I probably don't want you to know the messiness inside of my brain and life and therefore right. you know, surface level. And you're never going to know anything else about me. Right. <laughs> right. Like, well, like the, sal- the salon space itself is always like sanitized and clean, but I am like, I'm one of those like messy creatives. So like yes. when I'm getting in the zone, like there could be like color flying on the walls and that's just like the running joke. Like I always say, like, Oh yeah, I'm not allowed in an actual salon anymore because I always get color on the floor. It's what I joke. Right. But I'm like, I hope I'm saying this to the right people. Cause they might be like taking me seriously. Right. But no, it's, it's like, it's always sanitized and clean in there but it's like when you walk into my house through the front door you get to see the rest of my life so yeah I I mean it's not usually ever that bad I'm just always like I just get weird about it right because you're coming into my space and I'm here trying to make it look nice even though my kids are crazy and all the things but you're coming into my chaos and I think that's why it's so great (laughs) welcome to the jungle well and uh, one thing too uh, I know for me when I had would do photography it was like I would always try and clean whatever rooms I thought like everything was always in the basement so it's like I clean the living room and you could go downstairs but don't you dare fucking go upstairs because that's where all the problems is you know and I don't know that's but that's the 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 benefit and the downfall to having a business at home it's like you uh can pick and choose your hours but then sometimes when people are coming over and you're you know like and it's really messy and like say your laundry day it's like you don't really want to just leave that out either though so that it's like sometimes I wish I could just leave the bullshit at home to go to my office but I can't because that bullshit is my office <laughs> yeah sometimes I just close doors yes. that's like the biggest thing I just that's close some doors yeah. and then like it's like I also have like with my whole decluttering business side of things I have like really downsized my own stuff like quite a bit so even if my house is kind of smaller anyway it looks it's, it's open concept right so just like yeah. a little bit on the floor is enough to be like this is too much because my house is so small that it's just like, oh my God, it's so messy. But like literally, I'm pretty sure at any point now I can clean up any room at, in like less than five minutes or that's the goal anyway. Yeah. Isn't that great? And that's all right. Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> I know. It's I'm really nice better. actually. I'm, this year I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know if you felt this that last two years. I feel kind of like almost still a little bit trapped. Um, and it's like, yeah, I, I couldn't move stuff. And now this year I'm like soon starting to get like spring fever. I'm like, okay, I need to clean out every single closet and get rid of all this stuff. But for the last two years, I felt like I almost had to like stay put and everything had to stay together and nothing can change because I don't know what's going on. And now I'm like, okay, it's time to start clearing out some of these closets and, you know, really <laughs> moving into this house, even though we've been here for two years, but it just, I felt like almost immobilized in the last little bit. Now I'm like, okay. Is it safe? 
Are we safe now? Right. Okay. So funny story. Um, when we first got shut down and I think, I think the first shutdown was like, Oh my God, I don't remember the timing of it, but I feel like it was like right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of like last year, not this year past but the one before it's been a long journey, but like in the salon space, I'm like, Oh, I'll still go in there on a daily, even though I couldn't work. And I was like trying to not be upset about it. But I'm like, what do I do now? And I remember sitting in the salon chair. I use that salon space also as like a yoga room. And I like put my yoga mat out and just like stretch because I'm like, just being in there gave me like creative vibes on other projects. But I'm like staring at the walls and I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to paint this wall. I like Sean would come home from work. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just painting this wall. He's like, okay. So we we shut down and then everything opened and then it kind of kept going. But I felt like with hair and, you know, like restaurants and stuff that kept going open, close, open, close. Is that is that accurate? Is that what was happening? Yeah. Yeah. Like the running joke was to like, I said to Sean, I was like, if we get shut down again, uh, look out because I'm running out of walls <laughs> um, to paint. And like, cause I, yeah, I had done one wall in the salon and it was like triangles. And then I did after the second shutdown, I did like a leopard print wall. And then I said, <laughs> I was like, um, friends, like, I think I said to one of my girlfriends, I was like, if we get shut down again, can you like please check up on me? Because I am not doing well. I thought I was doing well, but I am not well. Yeah. I was like, I don't have to do devil's work. I spent three days doing leopard print pieces on my one little accent wall in the salon. And I'm like, ah, help. Yeah. Well, it's just because you have so. And then you're just like, again, immobilized. Like, when is this going to end? When are we going to be open again? Yeah, and it was, like, a, it sucked because, like, as soon as we were, like, I think the only nice part of it is we actually had a heads up. So, like, if they're, like, oh, yeah, we're actually going to be closing in, like, a couple of days. Technically, you can squish everybody in there, work until, like, midnight. I know, actually, some people who did that who were, like, oh, well, we're going to be open until midnight until they physically shut us down. I did not do that. I reached out to my regulars who I knew were due for um, services before the shutdown or whatever and they were pretty cool just waiting it out because the first time it happened we didn't think we'd be waiting forever yeah yeah um i'm not gonna lie it was pretty funny joke where it's like what's her name cutter bangs like real short so you're like oh oh dr bangs yeah Yeah. dr bangs yeah it was so short the one time and i was like oh my god they're not joking and then it was like a couple days after they announced you guys shutting down again. I was like, oh, my God, this is actually a thing where you have to watch your bangs to find out if they're going to shut hair salons down. Oh, yeah. And like Kenny gets his hair color, too. Oh. So you can kind of see if you if you look close, if you look close, you can tell when he was like when you got a fresh color, you knew that it was coming like it was happening it's happening it's happening Uh, what do we do what do we do Um, yeah it was uh, yeah I think I feel like we got shut down like three times I feel like that's probably correct yeah and at the third time I'm just like somebody's got to check on me because I'm not doing well and then we had gotten hit with COVID ourselves like our whole household got it back in September so we had to be shut down for the whole month of September. And then I was super nervous that they were going to have a shutdown for Christmas this past. Did they have a shutdown for Christmas this past year? No, no. but it wasn't as busy as I normally was. Yeah. That's very because of the past year. 
Yeah, it's kind just... of a kind of a blur. Like what I, happened? I don't know. And I feel like parts <laughs> of me like remember and then parts of me don't. And sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that was in twenty twenty. That was two years. Like it it's just there's periods of time where it seems to have slowed down and then it sped right up and then it slows down and it speeds right up. And I always I I'm really shocked that you guys didn't get another round of lockdowns again. It was more like again, BC got hit with that. Uh, where they shut like gyms down and stuff, even though the vax passes are there. And it's just like, it, it's, it's sad to watch so many businesses just get wiped out all of this because some people aren't, um, don't have the ability to, you know, work from home. You know, it was so amazing that you had that opportunity. Um, but you know, there are people that didn't. And then what about them? Like, I feel like the government just didn't help anybody with small businesses either. Like, would you, were you helped at all? Like given any sort of support, through any of these lockdowns um I technically was on CERB for the whole year of 2020 nice right because you were just um, that's good yeah so I had like just legitimized my business as of January 2020 right. um and like that that just meant that I was able to like get a GST number and like all these like fancy fancy shit right so yeah. um <laughs> and then as soon as I got my GST number we were shut down and <sighs> yeah I was like I think I only worked like six months out of 2020 yeah that's what Bella said um, the whole year six months yeah and then of course like Raina was I just came out of from Matt leave too right so I was I mean like I got the SERP so it was super helpful in a sense of that way um it, it's like one of those things like it's like a survival thing though it, like it helped you get the bills paid but then also when the SERP was out there was still this like limbo of like trying to get back to normal, but what is normal because you didn't really prepare for this. Yeah. Are we going to be shut down again? Because if we're going to be shut down again, is there going to be any compensation? Am I going to have to pay back everything that you guys just paid me? Yeah. Um, did I even qualify for anything small business? Because I, where I'm in the County, I'm not technically in the city. Mm-hmm. It was based on like city stuff. And where I'm myself in at home, I didn't get any uh, extra subsidy because I have my mortgage. I don't have a rental place, which was like a blessing in disguise for me because my dad's like, do you think you'll ever like go out and get your own salon? And I was like, um, if anything, the past few years has shown me absolutely not. And he's yeah. like, why? And I'm like, well, I just the idea of trying to pay my mortgage down in the past two years and like Sean's hours were cut back because they also had restrictions yeah, um, for certain things they couldn't do because you can't go into homes that were people were living in them because the up, up the chances of COVID and like, yeah. Oh God, it was just like a fiasco and a half. So he went down to working like half of his hours and he got laid off for three months, I think. So, um, it was like a, it was like a nice vacation in a sense. Like I feel in that time frame we went to Jasper because it was Easter and we did Easter in Jasper uh, with masks or whatever. But um, it's like one of those things though. You like you can't do much. I think we did Easter egg hunt in the hotel room. Yeah, and like shit like that. Right? It was yeah. it was bizarre, but it definitely like showed us 
he's my person. Like I'm, if you were, huh. so if I could survive through three months of us not working and then a month of the two of us like miserably sick and we haven't killed each other yet, I think we're doing okay. I think like it was absolutely. a good, it was a good test. It was right? a good test. And you almost like fist up each other once you get through. You're like, yeah, buddy, we did it. hundred <laughs> percent. High fives, yeah. double thumbs up, finger guns. Like, yeah, man, we, we made it. But it's true though. And it makes, he makes all those things so much easier. And, and one thing too, about most people with small businesses is that generally what they're doing is what they're meant to do. You know, um, what they love to do. Most people don't start a small business, go those things, doing something that, you know, they just kind of like doing. It's like, you know, so when there's no support for you guys and like, that's amazing that you're, you know, able to get on CERB, uh, but you know, say dial that six months a little bit later and you were just a small business owner and you're just doing that and it happened. I've heard that there's like next to nothing for small business, like not very many easy to get the grants or anything like that. So what was the government expecting? You're going to tell these women and people that they're not essential um, and then give them no grants. Like how the fuck do you expect anybody to survive? Like, yeah, that's, that's the thing too. Like, and I'm, so I'm super grateful in our situation because I'm in only in a small home. Yeah. If I had had an extra child or a bigger house that I've had to, or like another car, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to survive. Like their amount that they were giving you was the same for everybody, yeah. which makes things really hard if I was in the situation. Like if I had Zadie full time, that would have changed things because my grocery bill would have went out. Yeah. Or if we had another vehicle, it would have changed things because we would have had another car payment. Or so, um, or your chair somewhere, you know, that, that would have been absolutely. added rent, right? To your, your bill where it's like, that's your mortgage and that all rolls into one. So it was just like, you know, it's, it's amazing when that, you know, works out where it's what you love to do. It's your small business and you can say like, I agree with you. I, I don't know if I would <laughs> want my own other place outside of that because it's like I don't want to think about two rents or one mortgage and a rent I just want to think about my mortgage yeah that's absolutely where I was at and like with me being in a home-based business I can also write off my office space in my home uh I mean I've had some issues trying to get insurance for my home-based business that was a bit of a fiasco um I've had like quite a time with that actually of course it was all during the shit show of the world. Yes. So, um, yeah, like, of course. And then, like, and then you're trying to deal with stuff and like get some things handled, but it's like a hurry up and wait because everybody's working from home, yeah. quote unquote, when you're trying to call like a bank yeah. or like a utility company, you're waiting on hold for like two and a half hours. Although you're like, Oh, I guess I'm just staying at home anyway, sitting on my couch because I can't be working. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, like, I also don't want to be on hold for two and a half hours. Yeah, right. Right. Like I was like, it's like I was trying to get some stuff done. Like I did a lot of courses. You Thankfully, I did. Um, I got that mentorship done with um, the color line that I love using, Matrix, and I did that. That was a six month program, so that was really cool because I was able to keep in contact with other hairstylists, which is huge. Working for myself, I felt super isolated because I couldn't bounce ideas off other stylists. Yeah. So that was like one of the only things that kept my sanity going and they're all in different parts of Canada too. So to hear their different, like their different mandates was like, Oh, like that's different for where I'm at. Cool. But also, you know, like, Oh, I don't know, man. 
How just does a big border. The borders make totally and from different services to services. Like I just it blows my mind completely how, you know, any of these restrictions or mandates are just different through industries, through locations, through countries, through, you know, and I just don't think that that's sophisticated um, personally. But what do you find harsher for, do you guys feel like, and I don't know if Alberta had anything too harsh. Do you feel like there's anything harsher in Alberta for these restrictions than anywhere else? Um, so not really, but I think the biggest part that I felt really bad about was, um, I, okay. I hope I'm not going to get myself in trouble here, but <laughs> I was able to find some loopholes because there was some like time frames in which I was technically allowed to have people come over. Like I could have a one-on-one with somebody in the salon getting their hair done, but I couldn't have a one-to-one with somebody having coffee in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. That was a weird one. That was a weird one. So if I ever had like a friend, cause I don't know my neighbors very well either. Um, yeah. I had to like awkwardly show, like explain to them that I'm a hairstylist. I work from my home. There's a lady across the way who's like, not like not super friendly that I've known. Like she's not like super, maybe not friendly is the word, but like welcoming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't really, I say hi to her, but I don't know her name. Yeah. And um, I know that she had been giving my clients like really nasty glares because she's thinking I'm having like people coming over. But at the time I was still able to work for like the next couple of days until they shut us down or some shit. Right. So yeah. I guess maybe in her head, she's like, in her head, she's just like thinking, Oh my God, my neighbor's just like having like a rotation of these people coming over <laughs> without realizing that I'm working from my home. So uh yeah so and then if I was wanting to have a coffee with a girlfriend I would literally bring them into my home and veer off into the salon space because I didn't know if I was going to have a neighbor report me which is such a weird thought because these are these people that I still was seeing on a regular basis some of them had been my friends who were also clients so there was like a weird thing in there right and then um I think another thing too is one of my clients has said Holly, like they shut down my, I can't go see the massage therapist. And for her massage, like for also for me, massage isn't just something like I get done to relax. Like they get in there and they beat me up. Yeah. And for her, it was for pain management It's part of her regime for pain management. So when she wasn't able to get in to see her massage therapist, because they had shut that service down for her, I could, all I could think of was like, oh my God, like, like, yeah, I can understand if, like, it was, like, a luxurious experience that you're going in for, like, whatever. But she has, like, uh, physio, massage, chiropractor. You know, there's a rhythm to it. So it was really hard for her. It kind of just messed her up totally and then put her out a couple of months behind on her regular regime. Yeah, oh, And I was thinking oh, that, too, when it came to, like, well, when it came to, like, delays on different surgeries and stuff like that. Like, people have been prepping for these surgeries for like at some points years because they're not like super needed right now but at the same time like needed so people have been on wait lists for a long time but still need to keep up those regimes to be able to go say get a hip replacement or I don't know how that actually works but it pissed me off because I would see these clients who are in pain because they couldn't get the pain management that they needed 
you know what I mean? Like it was, that was the part that, that just broke my heart. Like, yeah, okay, fine. I can't physically work for, you know, my job right now, but these people actually need to keep up with their regimes to be able to be even on a list. For, like, And then yeah. they would have, they had it like they needed doctor's notes, but of course you can't get in to see a goddamn doctor because nobody's taking appointments. Yeah. But you're not going to sit there and wait there for five hours to see somebody then, you know, because you're already in so much pain, but you're not going to go to the emergency room because you're going to wait there longer. Yeah. And then also potentially put yourself at risk for actually getting sick for the one thing that you're trying to, everyone's trying to avoid getting done. And, and I totally agree in that sense too, where it was just like, I, I understand some of them at the beginning made sense, you know, protecting, but you know, if we're talking about doing things for people's health and what's good for them, then why are we stopping appointments for people's health? You know, they should, as adults, yeah. be able to make the decision. Is this safe for me? Do I feel like the practitioner I, I'm seeing are going to see are following the rules? You know, it's one thing. It's like everyone's like, you know, worried. And it's like, but, you know, you're okay with these rules. Then then everything should be fine. You know, if, if they're following all these rules, then you should be fine. And, and furthermore, like I was saying to the girls in the healthcare um, episode, you know, I understand that people have different levels of, you know, who feels safe around, you know, what, but why can there be like, you know, practitioners that were, let's say, unvaccinated, and they, you know, like, hey, I'm unvaccinated, I'm an unvaccinated doctor, massage therapist, da, 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 da. and if someone didn't feel comfortable, then they could go to someone that was. Um, but to like just eliminate a whole chunk of people is another way that it's not for your health, because then all these other people are then going to suffer that you know, need their massages to, you know, work those muscles so that they're in a good place that when they get the replacement, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And it just yes. it makes it not about health when you start looking at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and as a person that sits there and, and, you know, has very close to their clients, you see them every sometimes four, six, eight weeks, you see the pain, you know what they're going through. And, and that, that, that's hard to, to try and support them through too, right? So you want to be positive, but this, you're like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. And then like, then there was points where I had a couple of regulars. Okay. So I mean, I still, some of the regulars that I have on my books are friends that I still see on a regular basis. So even when I wasn't working, and I wasn't able to work, sometimes we were doing exchanges for services. So I actually have um, a couple of clients who pay me in food or in baked goods, because like, sometimes shit's tight, right? Like money's tight. I don't like to cook. Sean's not with me for my cooking skills. I don't have any <laughs> cooking skills. So if somebody's going to, like, I have a lady who pays me in pierogies. And I'm like, yeah, girl, that's amazing. Like, keep that's that coming. Like, I'm yeah. cool with that. Um, but I think there was, like, sometimes that it was like a, Holly, I feel so isolated. Can I come talk to you for a little bit? And it was like a, well, I can't say no to that because yeah. you don't know what's going on in somebody's life. Like, if obviously, if we're all feeling well, absolutely come on over shoot the shit with me and you know we'll we'll have a time with it right like it was it's just such a hard thing because yeah for a bit there I was able to I was able to have people in the salon but not in my kitchen table and then there was a while there that I was able to have one to two people at my kitchen table but nobody in the salon room yeah and it's just that's what I mean like I just don't understand how that how that science works um and how did that do for you for your um like your mental health (laughs) (laughs) uh what mental health no just kidding um uh oh man I so I powered I powered through it I like dude I powered through it um I think that's uh the idea is that the only reason that I got into the other things is because I was like 
what the hell am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I went into um, fight or flight mode because I'm mama bear and I'm still trying to figure out how to go and take care of my babies. Yeah, um, and then, of course, when the third payments were coming in, I'm like, okay, like, we're comfortable. We're okay. And then when they reopened us up and I wasn't very busy, um, then I was like, oh, shit, because now I'm working, but also I'm not making what I would have been working before because my clients also had issues like – some of them lost their jobs. Some of them weren't working because of COVID stuff. And then some of them were just not comfortable coming to see me yet, even though things were re- starting to reopening because the fear was there. So right. you can kind of, you see the difference in my clients too. Like I've got like a, I don't know, 70% are kind of on the fence or against it or more pro-choice. And then there's 30% are still probably going to be wearing masks when the mandates are over. Yeah. And it's a, uh, I'm the person I'll meet you where you're at. Um, but also at the same time, if you're in my chair and you are one-on-one with me, we are not in a public setting. If you need to take your mask off, please take it off. I want you to be comfortable in my chair. I will, you know, if you want me to keep mine on, I'll keep mine on. If you want me to actually be able to take mine off and have a conversation from across the room when you're processing, I'll do that too. Like I was very, very like, I was going to say willy nilly, but it's not, it's, it's very flexible. It's flexible. Like I'll meet yeah. people where they're at. Yeah. Um, for my own mental health though, uh, masking to me, uh, I said this to a couple of people and they don't quite get it. Um, for me, I feel like I'm being silenced and I don't know how to explain that further than that. And my anxiety is very high having one on. Um, and also with a mask with glasses, I no. have not found a mask that doesn't fog me up. So yeah, no. I, <laughs> I, yeah, 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 girl. So I was wearing them, but I think the first, the first full day that I was wearing it, I had a full on panic attack. Yeah. I um, when I wasn't, when I wasn't working, I was creating in different ways. I, uh, and yeah, like I said, like about the, the walls and I was like, oh God, like somebody needs to come check on me if we get shut down again, because I had that room rearranged like five times and, oh But you're God, trying to find I, a positive avenue, right? Some like, you know, yeah. no what's happening, at least I can create something and make this, you know, better for when it does open, you know, instead of totally, you can lie on the couch too. That's totally okay. But I know people like me and you, it just, it feels unsettled a little bit. So you're like, at least if I'm producing something with my hands, I have something to show for the time, not just yeah. That I just like I want something blog. tangible. I want something yeah. tangible to say that I just did this. Like even when I do courses online, I want to say a certificate in hand to be like, yo, Holly, you accomplished something during this yeah. crazy ass time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was like, <sighs> yeah. And at home schooling was terrible. Like Zadie hated me teaching her. She was like, mom, you're the worst teacher ever. And I'm like, girl, I get it. Like <laughs> I, I didn't sign up to be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know, girl. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was tough. And for me, as I was powering through it, I never gave my ta- myself the time to acknowledge what was actually happening. Yeah. And it was only, it was only when we had actually gotten sick that I realized, holy shit, this just happened. I had a really, a couple of really bad breakdowns um, because like isolating is one thing, but being forced to isolate is another thing. Like it's like, don't touch the red button. Um, (laughs) Sean got, yeah. Right. But Sean got like 
super duper sick. He actually got pneumonia. So I had to take him to the hospital, even though I was self-isolating. Raina was sick. I had to like bring Sean to the hospital at like 11 o'clock at night, even though I'm supposed to be under house arrest. <laughs> and I had no choice because like, what do you do? Like, he's not bad enough for ambulance. Yeah. Um, you can send him to the walk-in, but they're going to send him to the hospital because they don't, they, if they have their run tests and x-rays, they're going to send him to the hospital anyway. Um, there's like a lot of weird ass factors in there. And then I realized for those days, I was like, shit I was like we're really going through it we never had the groceries in the house like it was like really having to rely on other people which was super uncomfortable that it um then it hit me that I'm like like this is just then I was not good you know like I I power through it and then I was not not good not good I was like if I'm not through this in the next couple of days like I I'm toast. Like I'm, I'm done. Like just, just throw me, like take me out back and, yeah. and, and shoot me please. Yeah, Cause I can't. Yeah. 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 Well, that was a, that was a hard, um, was a hard time for you too. I know you were stressed out too. Um, and, uh, but as usual, you pull through it and you're always, uh, learning the lessons after. Right. And, uh, for me, it's just like, for my lesson over the last two years, it's just like, taking more responsibility to be preventative as opposed to reactive. And I think this last two years made me realize how much more I was living in a reactive like when something goes wrong that I'm going to take care of it. Now I'm like, okay, what can I do to take care of myself? So I'm less likely something bad's going to happen. Um, that was a positive for me. Um, do you feel kind of that way that the pandemic kind of shown light on some areas of your life that maybe, you know, needed some extra TLC? <sighs> Yeah, I think the extra family time for me was huge. Yeah. I don't think I realized how, like, even though I'm at home and I was working from home, it's also not the same as spending that time with your kids. Um, that part was huge for me. And I think, like, actually, all the all the education that I got and then all of the like, extra courses, extra, you know, whatever – I was always, I I never stopped learning. I never got stagnant. And I Mm -hmm. think that was a big thing for me too, because when I'm busy, I never would have had that time to actually do those things on a regular. You know what I mean? Like that to me was like, I actually, now, now I see it now that I want to be able to implement it um, throughout like each month or something just to kind of keep the momentum going. But at the time I was like, this is, I actually have the time to do this without being able to make excuses of saying, Oh, like, Oh, I'm working. I can't do this right now. Yeah. And, and, and taking time to do the things you enjoy with the people you enjoy instead of, you know, yeah. being distracted and like cleaning at the same time or on your phone, promoting something or, you know what I mean? You're actually. You're like, yeah. And then like, forced. actually like, yeah. And then absolutely you're being forced into it. And then like, even with the scrunchie making the kids, I already have Raina knowing how to use the sewing machine which is wild to me. Like she's two and a half. She knows how to use a sewing machine. I mean, not full on, but she knows how to hit the foot pedal and stuff. Right. And Sadie was helping me make candles. So not only was this an extra source of income, it was also an extra source of family time and the kids got to be involved. So that was pretty cool too. It was, they like to be a part of things and me showing them and them being a part of it was like some next level coolness yeah well it's just and it's also too showing the girls like what it's like to you know if you want to make your own business by doing something that you love you know and taking your passions and doing it and and getting through those things and yeah I think too another thing is like it just shows you 
it showed me a lot of things to be grateful for in the in the simplicity of just life you know like you said being totally forced you know to even with your spouse sometimes you forget you get so busy with the day-to-day you know how often sometimes we just sit and are just with each other you know but it's like the pandemic kind of forced you not in a bad way and some people you know didn't quite make it through I'm sorry rest there's relationships um but for me it was just like at first it was like okay lock me in the house with my boyfriend and my cats like okay darn like oh shucks yeah oh shucks yeah and and I'm, I'm getting fucking tired of being told where I can and cannot go because these fucking whatever but it made me realize too, like, I have a lot to be thankful for and and things to do just within my own home. And to make it easier, I just kept living in that, okay, but you have a place to be in right now. And, and, you know, you have so many things you can do and you can do these crafts and you can connect with people online and you do this podcast and, you know, it just really gave me um, an ability to be grateful at a very, very basic level. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, like the amount of gratitude that I like, I'm um, I'm a gratitudeer. I I gratitude journal like on a daily, and that continued all through all of this too. So it was like very much grateful for family time, for my health, the health of my family, like just the stuff that maybe if I was too busy, I wouldn't have actually. I probably would have take took for granted. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. Like it was like that in a sense was like, Oh, and I think like one thing that my mom had said to me a while ago was like, Oh, Holly, it could be worse. And I was like, yeah, mom, you know what? It could be, but that saying no longer serves me. Like I, yeah. that's not helpful right yeah. now. I know like, and of course like coming out of it too, like, I feel like I'm hoping we're on the other side of it at this point. Yes. Like, I feel like, like I see this meme and it was like, the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and at the end of the tunnel, it was like Darth Vader. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> uh. but like, yeah, like, I feel like we're, a lot of us are still in the trenches and I feel like it comes to a point where we're emotionally exhausted from the past two years of being told what we can and cannot do with who and who we cannot do it with that. We're just like, in this almost like a hangover stage of like, can this just be over already? Can we just like live our lives? And I feel like a lot of us are even to the point of just rebelling against it because we're just like, you know what? Fuck this. Like life is too short. Our mental health is too important. I've, I know of like firsthand of over seven people who have committed suicide over this whole COVID shit. And as terrible and cold as it sounds, Oh, it's not cold, but I can understand because, and I know that sounds like really harsh, but it's not meant to. I'm saying that with like complete, like, I I, I get it. Just like the little glimmer of that shit that I've, I've seen on my own account of the stuff that's happened in the past two years in my own life. I'm like, yeah, if I never had these people to support me or the situation that I'm in, I can, I can fucking understand it, man. It's just really, really sad. So how could I not still be available for people to have conversations with too at the same time, right? Like even though I'm not working, I'm not charging you, come on over, have a coffee, talk to me. I want you to be okay. Yeah. And, and, and the sad thing is, is that, um, there's a lot of ripple effect repercussions of what have happened in things like suicide and addiction. And, and, and although every single death is scary and and I feel for those that have lost from COVID, we have to now take some of those resources away from that in the spotlight and really look at the um, aftermath of, of, of what we did for the last two years. Now I understand that everyone, you know, that was probably coming from a right place and didn't think that it was going to be so detrimental, but it is. And 
um, to not talk about it and to, and, and to not bring light to that is, is kind of, it's kind of, um, disrespectful to those that are, that have lost their lives, um, for addiction from, you know, not being able to get the help and the resources aren't there or surgeries or anything like that. You know, it's time, like you said, to, to move on and we're all adults and, and, and all the protection that we can and need is out there. If we want or so choose to do, we have the ability to still distance. If we want we can mask, if we want, we can get 18 boosters if we want to. Um, the very most beautiful privilege of being in Canada um, is that it is available for you. And I think as adults, we can make those decisions and, and respect others to do the same and, and just go on with our lives and learn um, you know, what not to maybe do, maybe the last couple of years showed us what we shouldn't be doing for ourselves and our families and what we should be. And I'm going to take that as a positive and sense of you. And like, hopefully this is over. And if not, we're fucking so much more equipped now than we were two years ago that no matter what yes. happens, I think that mentally and as a collective spiritually will be in a way better place to take on whatever comes next. I think uh, I love how you're like stuck on 18 today. That just kills me. I just love it so much. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I love it. Um, I mean, that person who, like sends you a message is like, what does the number 18 mean either? I also love how like you can also see like the communities come together yes. um, and like people learning like basic. Okay. You know how like, I say basic skills, but I'm not meaning it as like a basic skill, but you know, like survival skills, like yeah. uh, gardening and like baking and like cooking from home. And I know I had a conversation with a girlfriend a couple of days ago. She was reading something about in Vancouver. People are actually sounding like looking for houses that are, have a bigger kitchen because the kitchen is where everybody gets together now versus before it was like a, people were going to and from work. They didn't care what their kitchen looked like. Now they're actually wanting a bigger kitchen because that's where they cook meals together. Um, like and, and seeing that side of things is super, yeah, we're adapting. I find that really freaking cool because yeah. it's stuff you don't really think about on a daily until you're like thrown into this like weird ass situation and you're, which you're like, Oh, like, well, this is new. What do we do from here? Yeah. And that, that part is kind of freaking cool to see that. And like, yeah. well, I know, like, like I know this, we can't go to the restaurant. So we're like, you know what? Fuck this. We'll just like, we'll just uh, either order in because you can still order and skip the dish um, or we'll just make our own dinners and we'll learn how to cook more things, you know, like learning to live out off of the grid, off the system so that when those things shut down, it doesn't rock your world as it did before. And I think, yeah, and like, I said, like gardening and, you know, taking care of yourself. Yeah, like within the past couple of days, I had this conversation with Isla, actually, and I was like, girl, I think I'm like planning... I was, I think I'm like planning my friendships based on survival skills. And she laughed at me. I was like, no, but actually, like, <laughs> no, but I didn't actually... mean to. But like, actually, like, if you can survive like off grid, like, I just need to find somebody who knows how to hotwire your car. And then I think I have like all of the people in my, my close knit group to survive like an apocalyptic situation. Like, we've already made it this far. Like, I'm pretty exactly. sure we're good. <laughs> exactly. And it's so true, though. And it's building the communities. And, and to be right now, like, I'm not, I don't wish any will, ill will to anyone that has a different opinion of me. Never have, never will. That's on you. But I do like to see who are those fighters, who are those warriors, who are the ones that are going to hide me in their basement because they're coming to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying totally, to. Totally. Yeah. Way, yeah. Yeah. At this point, with where the world is, 
and I mean this kindly, if we're not speaking out at the injustice of what's going on to our fellow man here across the world, you know, and, and I used to be the same. I was so surface level. I cared about, you know, let's say what celebrities did and all those other things. I didn't pay attention to any of this in the last couple of years. By golly, have I been dialed into things that I had no idea, you know, learning all of this stuff. And I think this is really good. I think we chose to come here at this time to be the people that we are, to listen, to be compassionate, to be empathetic to help others uh it's gonna be a fucking wild couple of years my friend and uh, i'm the exact same thing yeah. find your tribe find the people so if the grid wipes out you're okay you can make your own food you can hunt for your own food. I was, I was, you, know, you got a medicine woman so you guys have to try i do to okanagan <laughs> so yeah I'm okanagan 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 and uh, you guys could take it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's got true. you. I got you. It's uh, it's finding who your people are. Um, and I'm not saying like everyone has to align with the same opinions. Just more or less, if the world goes to shit, who's going to be in your corner, right? I want people that are yeah, going to like I, what kind of medicines want... to do and what kind of yeah. herbs to gather and like what can we you know, what can we build with our hands? You know, I, I'm kind of away from the like, okay, cool. I got a viral TikTok. I don't really care about that anymore. I care more about like, what can I do if the world ends tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm glad I'm not the only one in that boat because I was nope. like, I like messaged a friend yesterday. I'm like, Hey, so this is a weird question, but like, do you have an escape route out of GP if shit hits the fan? And like, do you have like grab and go emergency bags? And she's like, well, yeah. And I was like, People just live like this because I was like, this is weird to like, this is weird to me. But also at the same time, like I know people in Peace River and their river floods every year. So they always have like a grab and go emergency bag. And I'm like this, like, I wouldn't even know what to put in that. I was like, Can you just like come over and tell me what I need to have in these bags? And she's like, absolutely. So I was like, I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist at this point, but also no. I would like to know. And then I mean, you call like... I even called Davy's bonus mom and I'm like, here, hey, I'm not trying to sound like a crazy person, but like if shit is the fan and like we can't like call each other because their cell phone towers are down, like can we meet somewhere if shit goes to like to hell? She's like, Holly, your brain got dark. I was like, you don't even want to know what goes on in my mind. This is shit that's been sitting in here for years and was just triggered by something I seen on the news two days ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like now it's it lives like, there for far too long but yeah, yeah. Um, but it's important yeah. though and everyone has to like you know not do whatever you want but I think if we come from a place where we live with anxiety and how do we fix our anxiety by being able to map out worst case scenarios and having you know some options and there is nothing wrong I would rather be called a conspiracy theorist and be prepared than be completely ignorant to everything and be caught with my you know, pants around my pants down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no food, no backup. And I'm not saying I have a bunch of food now or all those things, but you know, there are people, there is a thing actually circling and it is literally called when shit hits the fan and it tells you all the things that you should have in case of any emergency. Now people can laugh at that, but let's look at the following year kids that we've had, let's say in British Columbia alone. Um, my spouse has not been able to come home because of a, the road got taken out by um, floods and then when yes. he finally made it through a couple weeks later he couldn't get through because of the avalanches on the road and in the summertime remember how many fires happened in British Columbia so in that year alone it's very hard for me to even get like house insurance because of the amount of chaos that's happened here so it's I don't know if it's necessarily crazy to think that you know whether it's by design or by nature or by whatever thing thoughts it's not crazy to want to be prepared if anything it's like you might as well spend the extra money if you don't need it you don't need it but 
I was a girl guide. I'd rather be prepared. Um, yeah, girl. All right. right. All right. <laughs> but uh, finally, though, um, just as a last little bit, what can we do as a community to support small business owners like yourself outside of, you know, coming and getting my hair done? What other ways can we support you? Uh, so honestly, if you don't want to spend any money, but still want to support me, um, as a client, I love seeing reviews. I love seeing selfies. I love seeing, uh, referrals. I love that. If I post stuff, I love seeing people resharing it, making it, you know, if you see something like it, share it, comment, engage with me. Um, I find that is huge. It doesn't cost anything, just, you know, a couple of seconds. Um, when it comes to uh, like retail stuff, like pur- purchase locally, um, check out your, f- your your farmers markets, check out you know like stuff like that, um, and like just stop. Okay, I don't I don't want to sound mean, but don't buy your shampoo and conditioner off of goddamn Amazon, and I mean it in the nicest way possible. I mean that in the nicest way possible. I say that with love. I say that with love. Um, but for real, um, yeah, just walk away from the Amazon. Um, I mean, that, yeah, I, and although I'm addicted to Amazon, but, like, don't get your professional shampoo and stuff like that off the Amazon. Yeah. Shop yeah. local. Shop to your person that you know. Um, yeah, and, like, I know for myself, I've also converted a lot of stuff virtually. So if you're ever, like, wanting tips or tricks or anything like that, reach out to me and I can do – um like hair consults virtually is something that I've offered to for people who can't get in to see me um I also do tarot card readings from virtual and like um like consultations about decluttering virtually so I'm like that's awesome so I've converted like a lot so I could do more virtually um but yeah just there's so many things that you can do to support that don't cost anything. Yeah. Uh, another one too is if you are wanting to come get your hair done, but you can't right now, gift certificates for the people close to you or for yourself for a later date are also a really cool option. Um, so that that is helping go right back to you too. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. And that's awesome that people were doing that through the pandemic too. And I know a lot of people now that are you know, still supporting places that are shut down that are just, you know, want to see them survive through all of that. And I just love that so much. And word of mouth, guys, always make sure, you know, I know we do it too. And just like, let people know if you've had a good experience, especially with someone with a home business, share it out. I know sometimes I'm like, is this annoying that I tag? I can guarantee you most of them are like, no, we fucking appreciate it so much. So always. Uh, No, man, we love it. Right. (laughs) I know. I'm like, it's like free advertisement and extra love. Like, why wouldn't people love that? Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming on again today for number six, seven, eight, 19, 18. It's 18. <laughs> just whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, the, first, the first one, but not last in season three, because it is going to be wild. So thank you so much again, Hall. I'm going to sign off with you on the show. So you guys, thank you so much for tuning into our episodes. We hope that you're loving season three, listening to everybody's going through their experiences, all the positivity and the inspiration and motivation that come out of these women is just absolutely insane. I'm so blessed to be around so many amazing women. As always, guys, follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. Make sure you turn on those notification bells on Apple and Spotify because you know your girl never posts on time. Um, But as always, guys, and until next time, bye. Thank you guys so much for stopping by today. We appreciate you so, so much. 
If you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops, please make sure to send us some love on our Instagram page, the Be Real Babe podcast. Give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week. Until next time, babes.